0: Can I buy you a drink?
1: That would be nice.
0: While we're talking, let me offer you some free advice.
1: What?
0: Talk less. Huh. Smile more. Okay. Don't let them know what you're against or what you're for.
2: Showtime! Showtime!
0: <laughs> That's how that was supposed to go, yeah? Yes! <laughs> yes, yes, Kyle! Woo. Yeah, yes. I remember, I remember Long. All right, so this is Kyle Whitley in The Place to Be. He's two bottles of water, but he's working through two bottles of water, but he's working on three. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is Ashley Brain um, from France. Yep. I don't know. And yep. Blau blau blah. Oui, wee
1: wee oui, monami yeah. Jamapel Ashby. <laughs> yes.
0: right. She's the Lancelot of this podcast.
1: One hundred percent. And
0: then blau, blau blau, I'm Eric Creech. So <laughs> please
3: start introducing yourself.
0: <laughs> blau blau. Lock up
4: Eric your daughters Creech. and
2: horses yes. against Eric Creech. Yes.
3: Both your, <laughs> yes, both your daughters and horses. Yes, horses. In that order. <laughs> I just imagine you're like Parent, teacher, comrades were just one of those nights with like, the parents coming. in. Hello, and I'm, and so, I'm so smart. less married. I'm Coach Creech. Yeah, but you gotta do the blouse loud and then just normal. Blau!
4: Like,
2: Blau! I'm Coach Creech.
3: Oh, Locked up. Wait a minute.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
3: Wow. You got any horses at home? What?
1: <laughs> what? Oh. <guy> said. <laughs> showtime, showtime.
0: <laughs> Oh my goodness. So uh, we are live on Facebook. We're live on the podcast here. We're very excited because this is the episode that we have been waiting for since July 3rd.
1: Alexander Hamilton.
0: Yes, I love Did you love copy it.
3: My, my Facebook post today? No. That's literally what I said. Did you? I said this is the day that Eric Creech has been waiting for since July
0: 3rd. Great. I need to check Facebook more often, apparently. Great minds. Great, Great minds. minds, thank you, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, this is the Hamilton podcast here. On the What the What podcast. And I just have to ask. How do you say no to this? Whether you are a fan of Mr. Lafayette. Or maybe you prefer Thomas Jefferson.
1: Or Sensitive Lawrence. Yes.
0: Uh, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us. We take work. five stars. So we can work, work, work. Angelica, all
3: right, Eliza, <laughs> and Peggy.
0: Yes, I should have went with that. And whether you're an Eliza and Angelica or a Peggy, okay. <laughs> um, we would also ask that you find us on social media: Twitter, WTW underscore Media, and on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at What the What Media, all, all one word. word. And please share this with your friends because we need more followers. So please, if you're listening to this. Share it with somebody. We're up three on YouTube. We are up three. At we're 53. at fifty-four. That's right. Yeah, we're at fifty-four.
1: Yeah, come on. As we
0: finally liked us today. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> she finally followed herself on the YouTubes. I mean, look. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, we're gonna dive or take a deep, deep dive. dive. I don't even have and my script. Yeah, we're gonna jump driving well here mm-hmm. into our episode of the Hamilton Disney Plus release. While that is our main focus, we'll also be going deep into all aspects of Hamilton's life, more than likely, because we have a book here about him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we might even talk about the original Broadway, which this Disney Plus release was based on, or just actually just kind of filmed over. Correct. So uh, this is our spoiler warning for you. If you've not seen Hamilton, what are you waiting for? Go watch
2: it. Oh my gosh, go There's watch no it.
0: reason to wait for it, wait for it. Well, the bad part, if you haven't seen this yet, you're getting no references out of it. Exactly. Yeah, We've thrown in a, a solid four-song reference yeah, in the first four, four minutes. In, you're you're yeah. like, what are these what people are they talking, talking about? about? Yeah.
1: yeah, this isn't one of those episodes that you can be like, oh, well, you know, I haven't seen that, but I'll enjoy it anyway. No. So, yeah. No.
0: Spoiler warning. Spoiler alert. Go watch Hamilton. It's
1: so good.
0: Okay? And talk less and smile more. Yes. So, with that being said, we're going to give you a... Brief refresher yep. on what actually happened in this musical. Uh-huh. And by doing so tonight, we're actually going to look at the biography that this musical is based on. Uh, Ashby no. is... <laughs> you know what? Not quite. <laughs> no?
1: I, uh, this is the spark notes. <laughs> uh, so... Never okay. mind.
0: Um, but she's going to read a timeline yes. of Hamilton's life.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of telling on me, but obviously we know that... Uh, Hamilton the musical lit, written as written by Lin-Manuel Miranda is based on the Hamilton biography by Ron Chernow. Yes. Um, Lin who also wrote In the Heights which is another really good Broadway musical that they also just turned into a movie which I 100% recommend and if you know the cast of Hamilton then you will recognize a lot of them In the Heights. Um He was on vacation from In the Heights and wanted something to read and so picked up some light reading, if you will. A thousand plus page biography of Hamilton. As
0: one does when they're on vacation. As
1: one does. Um, And I, after watching Hamilton, was like many people having this sort of revelation that I had either not been taught or had forgotten most of the revolutionary history that a public education in this country affords you. So, of course, I wanted to know more because it's fascinating. And I do think that Hamilton's Life lends itself somehow to the modern aspect of Mm -hmm. hip-hop. But I, as a busy person right now, was trying to wrap my head around reading a thousand-plus-page book and just couldn't. So what I did is I basically looked at, like, Hamilton biographies for teenagers. (laughs) So, like, if I was a young adult reader...
0: This is literally the equivalent of... Explain to me like I'm five.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. In other words, this is totally for me. So, I wanted to find a Hamilton biography that was readable and understandable and that was, like, on the surface that I could sort of, like, get through and have a comprehensive but broad stroke idea of the history of this man's life. Okay. Um, and this book is written by Martha Brockenborough and so in the back she has this helpful timeline. Um, and so the play covers basically Hamilton's entire life starting with his, um, birth on the island of Nevis in the Caribbean all the way up to his untimely death through a duel at the hands of Aaron Burr. So I'm gonna really quickly go through his life timeline, because that'll give you a concept of the different sort of acts of the play, I think. Okay,
4: so
1: in 1755, he's born. In 1772, he arrives in New York City. So what happens is he, there's a hurricane, there's a lot of like toil in his young life, his mother dies of sickness, his father... Um, who was not married to his mother, leaves them, abandons um, Alexander and his brother, who are illegitimate children, which has a stigma of its own in that time. And he manages through like grit and, you know, scraping by and and wit and writing and intelligence, to get the people of his um, home, basically, to raise enough money to send him to get an education. And so, by the time he's in his late teens, he arrives in New York City. So he enters King's College in 1774, um, right as the cusp at the cusp of the Revolutionary War starting. As we know, the war officially started in 75. So he's at King's College. Um, this is may have been sort of allegedly in the play when he comes into contact with Aaron Burr, um, but really he doesn't come into contact with him until later in his life. In 1776, so we're now moving into the war at full stop, um, he becomes an artillery captain. Obviously we know July 4th, 1776, Congress approves the Declaration of Independence. By 77, he becomes an aide-de-camp to George Washington, which is basically a fancy word for Secretary. Um, this is also the year that the Continental Congress adopts the Articles of Confederation. And then from 78 to 81, the states slowly ratify these articles as we move through the war. In 1780, he marries Elizabeth Schuyler. Um, in 1781, he leads the charge at Yorktown and that effectively ends the war and in 1783 the treaty the treaty of paris is signed and so now we've moved out of the revolutionary war um he has managed to get married by this time to have his first son um to be sort of washington's right hand man and to eventually earn a rank in the army so that he can leave the war with a with a title basically Mm -hmm. um is what it would have been sort of compared to
4: Um,
1: he also marries up so Elizabeth Schuyler or sorry Eliza is um, uh, well to do well uh, they call her Eliza yeah Yeah, her name is Elizabeth so um, she's well to do so he's also married into money then in 1783 to 1787 he um, goes back to school because obviously he left school to be in the revolution and he becomes um, a lawyer yes and then he also becomes a congressman. So he's invited to participate in the first um, uh, I, Constitutional Convention. I was
0: invited to be a part of the Constitutional yes. Convention. Um, so, May
1: 1787, the Constitu- Constitutional Convention begins in Philadelphia. Um, in September 17, 1787, the Constitution is signed by 39 delegates from 12 states. And then, December 17, 1887, and May to, to May 1790, all 13 states eventually ratify the Constitution. So the colonies are now what we know as America, the nation, and not just sort of like a conglomerate of states that each act independently. So now every state has signed on to this list of rules of how they are going to agree to be regulated as like a unified country.
4: Yes.
1: Um, and the Constit- Constitutional Convention was basically... All of the delegates from all the states hashing out what those rules and regulations would look like what the country was gonna be um, there was a lot of fighting a lot of like hashing it out in the press a lot of like slinging mud at one another it was ugly and it but I mean obviously they were sort of flying by the seat of their pants making it up as they went along arguing about what America would look like so then 1787 to 1788 Uh, He co-writes the Federalist essays with James Madison and John Jay. So, uh, effectively, at the beginning of all of this, as far as, like, the beginning, the birth of this country, he and James Madison are actually on the same page. They're both Mm -hmm. Federalists. They both want there to be a unified central government. Um, They want the states to have a certain amount of independence, but they both believe in the idea of the Constitution. So along with John Jay, they write the Federalist Papers, which are these anonymous essays that are published in uh, the newspapers in different states, trying to get the public on the side of the Constitution and a unified federal government. Then from 1789 to 1795, he serves as the first Secretary of the US Treasury. And then in 1790, he persuades Congress to assume states' revolutionary debt, creating a basis for public credit. So this is where his vision sort of diverts from Madison and Jefferson, and a lot of people who thought it wasn't fair that the states who were solvent should have to bail out the states that owed debt. Um, And Hamilton argues that this is because it's important for America as a country to be solvent, and that, that means that if 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 a state is languishing and another state bails them out, then it's sort of like a rising tide floats all boats. Then it will have a robust, healthy national economy. Um, man, I should have really taught school, honestly. You should, you really anyway. Should have. So in <laughs> in 1791, he persuades Congress to establish a national bank. Um, and really, this ends up sort of being um, the start of, not only with the, the start of sort of the U.S. Treasury and the start of the bank, he actually helps found the Bank of New York, which is still around today. It's the nation's oldest bank. Um, and he also goes on to eventually create the, for all intents and purposes, the, the New York Stock Exchange. So he is considered a founding father of the Stock Exchange as well. Um But this is also where he has the affair with Mariah Reynolds. So this is kind of where his personal life starts to kind of go off the rails a little bit. He cheats on his wife. Um, He'll come to uh, regret that down the line. In 1794, uh, he puts down the Whiskey Rebellion. In 1796, he writes Washington's farewell address because Washington steps away from the the, the presidency voluntarily. There's a whole history behind that. Then in 1797, he publishes the Reynolds pamphlet about his affair with Mariah Reynolds because the affair um, is made public by a few people who thought maybe he was embezzling funds. Turns out he was just paying off um, Mariah's husband with his own money, but he does not want to be um, labeled as someone who would embezzle funds, and so he outs himself as an adulterer, so that he isn't, so that his honor isn't called into question with how he's been running the U.S. Treasury. And then in 1801, he founds the New York Evening Post. Um, and one week later, his son Philip tragically dies in a duel at the age of, I want to say, nineteen. Mm-hmm. Nineteen. Um, and then in 1804, just three years later, he himself is tragically killed in a duel by Aaron Burr. And that is a very brief timeline of the cut short, tragically, life of Alexander Hamilton. So imagine
0: all of that in song form.
1: In hip hop.
0: Yes. In hip hop, mostly
1: songs. in in rap form. Mostly
0: rap, hip hop, with a little bit of British pop for the king. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of
1: jazz for Jefferson. Yes, when he comes back. Um,
2: that's Hamilton. That's yeah. the story of Hamilton.
0: So um, we wanted to break this down into some kind of a simple script tonight. Um, I believe we had it broken down into. The story, the cast, the music, what else uh, and like the production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are the four things.
1: Presentation and the Presentation, fun yeah. facts. That's awesome.
0: So let's um Oh the cast. Yeah. yeah. Let's dive into the, the your thoughts on the story. Before you do
3: that, William Wright has a question for you. Yeah. It okay. Says, Excuse me, are you Aaron Burr, sir? <laughs> yeah.
0: That depends. Who's, Who's asking? asking? <laughs>
1: I'm getting nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> sir yeah. um, So the story, uh, as Ashby kind of mentioned, the, I guess the American history that we're afforded here in in America, Mm -hmm. I mean, we got bits and pieces. We kind of all know the whole, like, we ran, you know, we broke off uh, from Great Britain. They had kind of settled colonies here. They gave us taxation without representation. That was the big phrase I remember. Right. Um, they really wanted to tax our tea for some reason. Right. Um, so we threw it, you know, Boston Tea Party. Right, yeah. Um, and so we, I get the idea of the revolution. We kind of know how that story goes. But Hamilton's role in it is kind of underplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about the guy who's on the $10 bill. Right. Like, most people think he was a president. Mm-hmm. you know only like presidents get to be on money right uh, Washington, Washington Washington Jefferson Lincoln mm-hmm. um, but he was never president Adams no Adams isn't on anything JFK's on the 50 cent piece oh yeah yeah so yeah. Jefferson's on the two dollar bill mm-hmm. uh, you have Jackson on the 20
2: Jackson on the 20 I'm yeah with, and then
0: Grant on the 50
2: mm-hmm.
1: and
0: Ben Franklin on the 100 he, he wasn't president either
1: that's true. Yeah, that's true. But he was Ben Franklin. But he was Ben Franklin, yeah.
0: So, uh, But anyway, a lot, a lot of people don't, don't know a lot about Alexander Hamilton. Right. The only basis I had for Hamilton was from the movie Big Daddy, where Adam Chandler's taking care of a kid. He uh, The kid wants to be in the play at school. He's Ben Franklin. And before his part comes up, this other kid is Alexander Hamilton. It mm-hmm. says, "I'm Alexander Hamilton. I founded the newspaper, the uh, the, the Treasury, New York, the New York Post, yeah, the Treasury, and, and the Coast Guard. And the Coast Guard, Aaron Burr shot me, <laughs> which is a pretty, I
2: mean, condensed
0: version of the story. But that's all I knew. So when well, we we're watching it on July 3rd,
4: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just I'm kind of amazed by how well the story is told, right." Um, First of all, it's told from Aaron Burr's point of view. Aaron Burr is the narrator, which is kind of weird because he's the guy who shot Alexander Hamilton. Right. And they don't hide that fact up front. Right. You have the very first song pretty much tells the whole story in a very small sense. Here's yeah. Hamilton. He's smart and he works himself. Driven. You know, yeah. he's very driven. He's a self-starter. He... Um, he basically did the 1700s version of a Kickstarter right. to be sent to America. And uh, they, he goes to America. He really wants to make a name for himself. And there's all these people. These people fought with him. These people trusted him. Uh, these people loved him. And Burr's the fool who shot him.
1: Well, and I, I like that because I feel like, you know, it, I wouldn't assume that anyone who is watching Ham- Hamilton has an idea of how it's going to end because not everyone has a grasp of American history like that. But you have to sort of assume that most people have a grasp on a, uh, how this is going to end um, or, or have the ability to Google how it ends. And so in that way, I don't think that you're, you're like, oh, we have to keep it a secret so that there's this big reveal at the end that Burr shoots him. And so you can say up front, like, he's the fool that shot him. Yeah. But what I think that does in a really interesting way is it puts... This responsibility on whoever's playing Burr to make you like him, and
0: you do throughout
1: the play. You
0: absolutely you love do. Aaron Burr in this
1: yes, play. Yes, you do. In fact, like I made a, I had a tweet that went semi-viral about it because I had this understanding that the first time I'm watching this play, I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's a play about Alexander Hamilton, and then the second time through, I'm like, wait a second, this is a play about Aaron Burr.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's so interesting.
0: Um, I remember, and it's funny you say that because, you know, even if you don't know, you know, the history behind it, you're told up front, you're still so engorged in the story. I remember when we watched it at your house, you were like at the very end, I'm hoping he survives. Right. Like, you know it's not going to happen. Right. But you're rooting for... You're like, this, come on. You're like, you're so like engulfed the in the story. Like, still
1: needs Alexander Hamilton. He can't die.
0: I mean, and that's how good the story is. You know what's going to happen, and you're still begging for the opposite to happen.
1: But the other thing that I really love about the story that I don't think that most people knew, even if you had a concept of who Alexander Hamilton was, you think of all the founding fathers, and you think of like pasty white dudes with white powdered wigs. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this guy, I'm sure was. Was white passing? I mean, I know that he looked white, but I mean, because we look at all the portraits of him, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who was born—I
3: don't know. There's pictures of Jesus. And
1: well, that's true. God. That's also very true. But I think, if I understand that, his mother was a white woman. I think she just happened to be in the Caribbean, and his father was Scottish. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he was born and raised in the Caribbean. So he comes to New York as an immigrant.
4: Yeah. So
1: like and and a bastard. They say it over and over again. He's an illegitimate child and he's an orphan and he has no money and he's an immigrant. Yep. And that man ends up being a bedrock of our country and our financial institution. And the fact that that kind of story is a revolutionary era story yeah. i mean it just it's so perfect for the world we live in today absolutely where stories like that need to be told and this man is on our currency yeah. i mean it just blows me away
0: absolutely uh cal you, you've been kind of quiet
3: well i have but i can, f- I can fill in here uh I came into this the night we watched Your House. I knew that somebody, we had talked about it, I think on like an episode or something, mm-hmm. that this is coming out on Disney+, Plus. we need to watch it
0: together, and so we did, and we got together. And, and part of that, if I don't mind interrupting, part mm-hmm. of that was, this is in the middle of shutdown, pandemic, quarantine, nothing's coming out. Right. Mm-hmm. This was the only thing we had to look forward to in the summer. So,
3: and so we got together yes. and had dinner. <laughs> and it was kind of it was our first time really hanging out with each other, other than just the podcast too, especially like with Ashby being around. Yes, because um, it was at her house, but she kind of had to be there. Truthfully, That's I had family. no idea about any of it. Like, I didn't know anything about the play. I didn't know like I had just no idea, and I didn't Google it. I didn't watch any trailers or anything like that. I was like, okay, it'll be fun. It's a musical. We'll have fun with it, whatever. So I had no idea that it was like actually a play play like. A play on stage it wasn't something how like rent is redone yeah. as a movie musical type deal it was an mm-hmm. actual play uh, but don't get me wrong like I love plays as well so I wasn't like let down that it wasn't a movie I just had no idea what coming into it even Hamilton I didn't know it was Alexander Hamilton it just was a musical play named Hamilton wow so,
1: so like you're even more I had no even idea. Even about
3: <laughs> I had no idea about any of it that's great um, so, and I, and I'm glad because it was just, one I was singing, it was cool to sit and just be fully, um, just blown away because you're sitting there at the beginning and all of a sudden you hear a bunch of rapping and everything else and hip hop, just the music, everything together. And it's like, this is really different. It's mm-hmm. like, this isn't what I expected. And then you realize like, oh, this is about history and this is the, and it's like, okay, this is a totally way I've never thought about this before. So I feel like a lot of the things, like I missed out on that whole first song. I had no idea. So, and I was so caught up in the music and in the characters and in what this is about that I missed the whole thing about him getting shot at the end. I missed the whole line of any of that. Um, So, honestly, him getting shot and dying at the end was a surprise for me by the time I got to the end of the song. Okay. Or in the movie. He clearly didn't
0: listen to the first song. Well, that's what I was saying. (laughs) Right, yeah. Like, during this first song, I'm piecing
3: things together. So, I'm not grasping the words they're saying. I'm just like, oh, this is what this is. Right. I don't know anything about history, obviously. Because honestly, that's probably one of my worst subjects ever. I don't have a great memory for things like history. Um, and I hate that sometimes. But I think back in like, general things that most Americans should know about history. Even simple things I probably just don't know. Um, so I started thinking about that. And I was like, well, who's Alexander Hamilton? I can't really remember. So I missed that whole first song. Like, I got it that they kept saying Alexander Hamilton. But that was about as much as I got. So the whole thing about getting shot... Any of the rest of it I missed. So by the end of the movie, I'm like, I'm really connected with these characters. I really am like, is he going to be okay? Is he going to make it? Like, is he going to come back? Um, Just because I didn't know. And the same way, too, a lot of stuff that is based off of true events or history is often still changed. Right. A lot. And Mm -hmm. so in my mind, I I still left it not knowing all really accurate is it
0: not accurate
4: you know
1: they do take some liberties yes yeah,
0: so and that, that, that's something uh, we can get into um yeah there's definitely some inaccuracies it is it's still um a lot of this like the framework of the story is accurate right some of the details have been changed for creative right. purposes or whatever
3: well they even said like he has the historian that wrote the autobiography that he was reading that mm-hmm. made him want to do this as like the historian like consultant mm-hmm. for this. yeah. Um, so he did want to try to keep it mm-hmm. pretty close. As accurate as possible. And yeah. he still was yeah. like, had to explain, you know, this other things. Same way though, like if you go watch, like Walk the Line with Johnny Cash, like the whole life story of Johnny Cash, you're, in your mind you're like, oh, this, every single bit of this happened in Johnny Cash's life and you realize probably most of its story frame is close but no not every single bit happened right Uh, so I left not knowing so I googled that like the next day like you know of course there's a billion YouTube videos of like this is Mm. things that aren't the same or aren't right not necessarily like hating on it it's just you
0: know distinguishing
3: what it is Um,
0: well I think that's one of the things that makes this musical so compelling mm. is that it compels you to go out and learn the history right learn what the actual story was and yes there are some inaccuracies in the story um, again it's it is a creative outlet it's not it is it's the accuracies, the big framework is all there right. um, but for creative purposes some things have been changed to, for the betterment of the story um, but I think it works that way um, one of the things I really love about the story is the relationship between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton Mm -hmm. In real life, they were obviously big-time rivals because one of them shot the other. Right. Okay? You don't shoot someone unless you're a rival. At least I would hope not. Um, But you see the contrast between these two characters early on. Mm -hmm. But as the show goes on, you see more and more of the similarities. Right. So, like, at the very beginning, as we kind of opened up the podcast with, you know, Hamilton's excited. He wants to make a difference. He's ready to... Do run off the war and do whatever. Right. His
1: opinion honestly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, just he's out there for the world to see. Mm-hmm. Whereas Burr is like, No, no, no. Talk less. Right. Don't let them know. Right. You know, if you're for this or against this. Yeah. You know Play pe- the long game. Yeah, that's right. People who run their mouths, they wind Don't up let dead. Them know
1: what side you're on. You know, yeah.
0: he and he tells uh, Hercules Mulligan, he tells Lafayette, he tells John Lawrence the same thing. He's like, you know, if you spit I'm going to sit and we'll see where we land. That's right. Like he's kind of separating them from, uh, he's separating himself from Hamilton. Right. But their lives are intertwined even further. Um, They're both uh, wanting to uh, take command of George Washington's army as a general or, you know, take a leadership role. Mm -hmm. Um, Hamilton is Washington's secretary, Mm -hmm. but he wants to be out on the battlefield where Burr is. Right. You know, Burr, he has this relationship that's kind of elicited with um, with a British officer, um, wife, wife um, Theodosia. Mm-hmm. Well, Hamilton goes down that road down, you know, f- several years later with Maria Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, they are on opposite sides of the dueling um, dueling. Um, so they're the seconds for um, Lee and Lawrence who are yeah. dueling. I mean, they're just. They're mirrored up against each other perfectly.
1: Uh, that's one inconsistency. That's in an real inconsistency. Burr yeah. was not Lee's second.
0: Yeah. But makes for a better story. It does. Um,
1: but Hamilton. Mm, Hamilton almost got in a duel with James Madison. Yes. Uh, no, James Monroe. Monroe, yeah, the with fifth president. Monroe. Yes. And Burr was the second. For one, for Monroe, I think yeah. Or so was kind of a, the clear head and talk them out of dueling. Yeah. So
0: most disputes die, and no one shoots. Right. In that right. case, it was. So true.
1: like there, there there are a few duels. There are a lot of duels. A lot of dueling. Yeah. America was honestly.
0: really. I mean, you think America's gun happy now? They were gun happy then too. So,
1: yeah.
0: um, like oh
1: look, we'll just shoot him. We'll and just shoot each other. Doesn't die is right. Honestly. That's right.
0: <laughs> but um, so they end up working together as mm-hmm. lawyers. Um, mm-hmm. they're on opposite sides of the fence of defending the U.S. Constitution. Um, and Burr just he wants to be where Hamilton is he's complaining about the whole story you know Hamilton he doesn't waste time Hamilton doesn't throw away a shot you know I want to be in the room where it happens I want to you know so
4: mm-hmm.
0: Burr ends up following Hamilton's footsteps a little bit whereas okay. Hamilton starts borrowing something from Burr he even says that in that song right. the room where it happens I'm going to have to listen to some of your advice I'm going to have to talk less and smile more to get what I want Right. So they end up sharing their mm-hmm. ideologies and using each other's ideologies throughout the story. Right. Because
1: um, Burr realizes to get elected, he's going to have to like really put himself out there. Mm-hmm. You know? And Hamilton realizes to get things done, he's going to have to play the game exactly. of politics.
0: So you weave that story together, and then it just all kind of comes crashing down whenever Washington steps away. Mm-hmm. John Adams fires Hamilton. Jefferson Je- Je- stir in the pot. Yeah, Jefferson's a stir part. We'll get to him when we get to casting. Yeah. But oh my goodness, Jefferson. Yes. Um. And Burr's like, you know what? I'll run for president. Why not? I've right. already taken uh, Hamilton's father-in-law's Senate seat. Even right. though, like, so when did you become a Democratic Republican? Since being one put me on the up and up again. I mean, he Correct. just kind of he flips and flops. He, you know, he's really the first true politician.
1: He where really he, is because he. He ran with both with people from both political parties mm-hmm. supporting him. Mm-hmm. Like imagine today if there was a candidate running that people in both the Democratic and the Republican Party supported. Hundred percent, unheard of. Yes, like that's how sort of wishy washy he was. Yes, like that's how much he was willing to sort of like make people believe that he was for whatever they wanted him to be for you mm-hmm. know it's crazy but
3: like, and not to get all into politics like how awesome would that be though like, oh absolutely if you, not not somebody that's right.
1: wishy-washy that right, like right, right.
3: back and forth but if you had a, right. a person in the middle right. instead of having to like the two uh, the
0: two extreme forth. ideologies absolutely Definitely. Right.
3: in the midst of that William Wright said he did a lot of research to see if Lawrence actually did drink two pints of Sam Adams
0: well, he, was, work, is, he, was, he, he, he was working on three. On three yeah, so, I think so. he drank three. Yeah, um, the eventually. might have even been four. Who knows? Um, so, eventually, this story comes crashing down whenever Jefferson and Burr are running for president against mm-hmm. each other, and these are both rivals of Hamilton, Right. and Hamilton endorses Jefferson. Right. Um, in the song, he says, um, I've never agreed with Jefferson once. Mm-hmm. We have fought on 75 different fronts, but when all is said and all is done, Jefferson has beliefs. Burr has none. Right. So Jefferson and To
1: be fair to Burr, even everything all told up into that point, I would have thought as Burr, he's definitely going to endorse me yeah. because he hates Jefferson that much. Exactly. There's no way he's not going to endorse 100%, me.
0: 100%, yeah. And didn't happen.
1: I mean, like I would also feel uh, absolutely betrayed.
0: Yeah, and so in that that third to last song, you're a servant, he really come, you know, it's like he endorses Thomas Jefferson, his enemy, someone he's despised since the beginning just to keep me from winning. Right. Um, So that's where the duel comes together in the story. And Hamilton, again, another thread of Hamilton, um, the character that's been running through this whole thing, he's not throwing away a shot. Right. that's his big mantra there's a big song it reminds you of the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. but he wants every opportunity he can get he wants to go to King's College or Princeton College or wherever he wants to graduate in two years join the revolution they they look at me like I'm stupid I'm not stupid I'm not um, stupid sure. you know he wants to do all, all these things and he refuses to throw away the opportunities that are awarded to him and in the duel just like he told his son
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know aim at the sky
4: right you're, you're, a know, honor, you know, you're a man of honor. You're a man of honor. shot away.
0: That's right. Throw, and so he throws away a shot, and that's what ends up getting him killed. Right.
1: Um, One of my favorite quotes from Lynn Manuel Miranda um, if you watch his episode of Drunk History, mm-hmm. he says, The irony is that in life, Alexander Hamilton was reckless yep. and Aaron Burr was cautious. Yes. And when it mattered most, Burr was recu- reckless and Hamilton was cautious.
0: And I just, I love how the story weaves those two narratives together yeah um and it, and you it, you see it okay so I haven't watched I didn't watch the musical this week okay I, I haven't seen watched the musical in a couple of months actually I watched it two or three times that week we, you know that first week or so that we right. um, had watched it but um you see it and you keep seeing it anytime you watch you see that narrative and it's more and more prominent every time you see it right every time you listen to the soundtrack yeah um Hamilton and Burr. Yeah, I mean it's just it's layers upon layers, mm-hmm. and it's just beautifully told. And you've got all these supporting characters that just kind of dive in with it.
4: Right. It's and a beautiful
0: it's got,
1: like subtle humor. Mm-hmm. I love it. I yes, love it. it's
0: a fantastic story. Um, so I cannot I, recommend this story for anybody. And you, you can ask. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I don't mean to. I don't mean to jump in on what you're saying, but you can ask people that are close to me, uh, either at work or um, or through friendship or whatever, for about a month or so. All I talked about was Hamilton. Yeah. Literally That's all, I all I talk. All my about,
1: dad and I talked about. I
0: mean, it's anytime I'd see someone, hey, let's listen to this one song, and maybe that'll get you into Hamilton.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean,
0: or I would go walking with a friend, and uh, and she would, you know, we'd be talking it was like, oh, by the way, you need to listen to this song about about yes. Hamilton. This is the room where it happens, or yes. this is um, this is uh, it must be nice. So that we we'll have Washington on your side, and just you know, like I think between all that, like I really pushed this, but I do that because it is really, really really worth your time. Not mm-hmm. just as a musical property, not just as an entertaining way to spend two and a half hours, but in terms of the whole package where this is based on history that we should know already. Um, and maybe, hopefully, we'll get you more interested in the history um, so we cannot repeat some of the mistakes of our past. Right. So,
1: yeah, anyway, what were you saying? Um, one of my really favorite quotes from Leslie Odom Jr., talking just sort of in general about this the story and what Hamilton means. Um, he says, I think our show is doing a good job of reminding us that all of us are more than one thing. yes And so you know it's interesting and I'll talk about this when we get to cast, but um, there's obviously if you if you have never seen Hamilton and you have no concept of Hamilton or who all these people are, and you hear us talk about the founding fathers and revolutionary history. Mm-hmm. It might surprise you when you go to watch Hamilton and everyone on your screen As a is, is a person of color. Yep. Um, so just be prepared for that. The casting choices, I think, are amazing and speak for themselves and are modern. And like I said, we'll, we'll get to this. But um, I just really love how this story is, is, like you said, it's history we should already know. But through casting and through the choice of hip-hop as the, the language, um, it is presented to a modern audience, I think, in a way that makes it fun and interesting again. Yes. Um, and so Hamilton has done a lot, I think, um, for school-age kids, especially mm-hmm. over the years since it came out, to really hook them into the narrative of the start of this country in a way that might not have interested them otherwise absolutely um and like you said it's so it's so important that we understand our history so that we can have a comprehensive understanding of where we are and where we're going because if you are really listening to what's what's happening especially in the. The second part of the play with the cabinet battles and the politics,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, a lot of the fights that Washington and the cabinet and the the con- um, the Congress and the Constitutional Convention, what they're what they're saying. Um, is a foil for the exact same fights that we're still having today. We're still today. having today, North big versus ci- South. North versus South, big city versus small town, large enterprise versus local business. Like yep. it, it is a lot of the exact same arguments that we're still having. Um, and I think it's really important to have that as a framework for like your understanding of where, where our politics has come from and where it's led to. Well, and I think
0: you even see that um, you see those things, and then you see the general divide between quote natural born Americans and immigrants right. in the story. Right. Where you have um, in the song "Washington on Your Side," mm-hmm. um, you have um, shoot Aaron Burr, you have James Madison, you have Thomas Jefferson, right, who are all lamenting the fact that Hamilton has got George Washington on his side, right. and they even sing about. You know, this immigrant is somebody we are who's out, this immigrant's out of control. Right. Let's show this immigrant who right. that who he's up against. Right. Like they refer to him as the immigrant. Right. And no matter what he's done for the country, right, he's fought in the he's war. He's not one of us. He's not one of us, and that's right. still a divide you see today as well. Right. Probably I wouldn't say more so, but it's definitely um, it's still a big issue where people don't see past what they are, or what they offer to the country, but more, well, where were you born? What's the color of your skin? Um, Who are your parents? You know, are you one of us, quote, quote. unquote? And like you said, I think it's important that we start tearing down the walls that we put up to divide us, Mm -hmm. um, so we can kind of get past that, because that's been America in a nutshell since the beginning. Right. It's either us versus them. We seem to always have to have someone to be opposed to, otherwise, you know, because I guess our history is based on that. We started as a country because we were opposed to the British taxing us. I mean, right. we kind of got to get past that at some point where we yeah. to grow out of
1: that. But it's so again, watch the drunk history episode because it is funny when they when um and they talk about it a little bit in the play when he's invited to the Constitutional Convention and he talks for six hours, yes, he brings up, interestingly, because what the Constitutional Convention was, and I think, I think it's really hard for people to grasp sometimes when we look back at history and we see these like oil portraits where everyone's standing perfectly and someone's pointing and it all looks very civilized. Like these were men with ideas in a room screaming at one another about things that they were really passionate about. And so, you know, Hamilton gets up and, first of all, talks for six hours and throws out ideas. So this isn't, like, they didn't get in a room and just, like, quietly and quickly draft our Constitution. He's sort of like, maybe we, like, have, um, like, congressional seats for life? Maybe the presidency is inherited. Like they're just throwing out ideas, and what they know (laughs) is what they've come from. Mm -hmm. And so he's throwing out these ideas, and they're like, "Oh, that sounds like that sounds a lot like royalty. Like maybe he's a loyalist still, you know? Like you know, like that's something to keep in mind, though. Democracy
0: was not a proven form of government, right?
1: Right. I mean, they were. This
0: was a great experiment. When I say flying
1: by the seat of their pants. You know, um, like they say in the play, every experiment forms a precedent. Like, mm-hmm. like they they had they were just sort of like grasping in the dark at this idea that they had. You know, they know they knew that they they didn't want what they had come from, which was like absolute monarchy. Yes. But they didn't have a sense of like what on the ground democracy looked like.
0: They're literally making it up as they go. They're right. throwing things at the wall to see what's sticks.
1: Right, but that's why so the Constitution
0: has amendments.
1: Correct. Okay. Yes. The, the Bill that, of Rights. The Bill of Rights, which I wrote. Which I
0: wrote, James, <laughs> <Pattinson>. <laughs> James Madison. <laughs> um, that's why. Yeah, the con. You know, they say in the uh, in the last song in Act One, nonstop. Um, you know, Hamilton's going to Burr will you help defend the constitution do you believe in it well of course well the it. he's like well what if you're backing the wrong horse you know right. like it's full of contradictions he's like well so is independence so is
2: independence um, right you
0: know what did we fight for if we're not going to fight for this right the whole point of the war was well, so right. we can shape how we want America to be right and um so I think it's really super important that uh this play really presents not only the ideals that we want in America mm-hmm. um that were present from the start, but also the things that we really shouldn't really ha- want in America that are still here right. from the 1780s on. Right.
2: Um,
0: so it, it does paint a very, whether, since, uh, I can't talk, I'm just so jumbled up with my with my thoughts. There are some inaccuracies in the, in the play, but I think it does present a uh, very accurate portrayal of America then and America now. In, in fact, and let's jump into casting here, unless you want anything you want to add. Um, yeah. Lynn Manuel Miranda said mm-hmm. that this is the story of America then, mm-hmm. told by America now. now. Yes. And that's the whole purpose of the casting of the people of color, black, Latino, Asian um, yeah, uh, put, actors and um, actresses of descent.
1: I put these are not perfect people, these are deeply flawed people. In fact, there's a really good interview with, um, I don't know if it's David Diggs or David Diggs. It's Daveed. 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 Daveed Diggs. that's how I pronounce it. Okay. I've been saying um, da-
0: David. Uh,
3: David. I looked it up today because it's my favorite. Yes. Uh,
1: the um, You know, he's in an interview. He was like, Thomas Jefferson was a genius. He wrote some of our basic founding documents. Like, yep. you cannot dispute that.
0: I mean, part of the reason America is as vast as it is is the Louisiana right. Purchase, which was commandeered by Jefferson.
1: Right. And he was our liaison to France. Mm-hmm. He helped us win the war over there in King Louis' ear, being like, yep. send more guns, send yep. more money, yep. send more men. But, he said, you can also look at his life and be like, he sort of sucked as a human being, too. Like, he, both of those things can be true. Yes. You know? And so...
0: Well, I think that's important to realize that just because you're, you stand for something... Good on one end doesn't mean your entire work of your person right. is reflected in that one good at your one good deed. Right. As people, we're all inherently flawed. Right. And uh, including you know the founding fathers. Right. Anytime the people you know, people quote, well, the founding fathers wanted this. Understand, the founding fathers were not perfect. We right. we label them and we quote them as if they were inerrant. Right. But they're just men like uh, men right. that you know people humans like we are. Um, so, I mean, yes, they had ideals, but sometimes those ideals weren't perfect.
1: anyway, sorry. We have to reconcile, like, both, both of those things. So, like, they can be brilliant founders of our country and also have ideals that we disagree with, and we can still continue to tell... The story of those people, but then also the story of the people on whose backs the country was also built, minorities, enslaved women. Women have a really wonderful role in this play. Yes, they do. Um, And I think it's important, you know, um, James, not James, Madison. John Adams' Mm -hmm. wife, Abigail. Abigail Adams, yes. Famously said, don't forget the women of the revolution, you know. And so... Well, I we think, tend to, though.
0: Can you name any woman in the right, revolution?
1: Right. Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross. Who we don't even think really sewed that flag. Yep. And She gets know, a shout-out in the song though. Got, later, you've got Abigail Adams and Dolly Madison. But, mm-hmm. like, you can remember them because they're wives of presidents, yes. you know? Um, but that's why I love that the cast is, is this modern-looking cast telling a revolutionary story while... Representing what this country looks like now, and it's technically always looked like. Always. You know? Um,
0: I mean, America.
1: I think it's just genius. I mean, America
0: is a country of immigrants. Right. It always has been a country of immigrants. We were not born here. The people who claim to be like real Americans or whatever.
1: Irish, Scottish. You know, we all take our culture from
0: (laughs) other places. Right. Because those people wanted to colonize this land you know they saw it was good for crops good for sailing whatever they took over the people the people who were living here were what we refer to as native american indians right um you know unless you divide you know first or peoples the first peoples yep <laughs> um unless you you your bloodline goes from there you, right. you're you're the you're great, great great grandchild of an immigrant yes. down the line because yes. you mean right. that's how just how it was so, right. I mean,
1: my dad's side of the family has Revolutionary War history, mm-hmm. but that means we came over here. Like, yeah. even if we came over on the Mayflower, we came here. We came here. Uh, you, <laughs> you your, your
0: bloodline did not start here. Right. So, I mean, I think it's important to see that reflected in the casting. Um, we're a nation of immigrants regardless. Right. So, um, but, yeah, the casting was fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, Do you guys
1: want to talk about like who your favorite cast members are?
0: Yeah, let's jump into favorite. Uh, so, um, yeah. Um, Ashby
1: <laughs> um, Renee Elise Goldsberry who plays Angelica
0: is Angelica.
1: a revelation anytime she's on the stage yes. she's wonderful she's she fantastic. has one of my favorite voices um, and I, oh my gosh his name is escaping me I should have totally wrote it down I I kept thinking about like characters and not the actors who play them, but um, Philippa Mulligan and Madison.
0: Okay, Mulligan and Madison was oh my goodness, hang on, give me a second because I actually have the cast right
1: here. He's so Mulligan
0: good. and Madison was played by I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> I
4: might
0: be able to. Um, Let's see. It's that name with the O, right?
1: Oh, yeah, they call him Oak. Oak, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that.
0: We're not going to be able to pronounce your name, buddy, if you're listening I, to this. But trust me, we think you're fantastic.
1: Amazing. I, and, yes.
0: and the, the great like thing, Oak. so uh, before we jump into any more favorites, so, so the main characters, okay. Hamilton, yes. Burr, uh, Angelica, and Eliza Schuyler, George yeah, Washington. Yeah, that's what you're going to um, say, is Eliza. George Washington and the king.
1: George Washington's Christopher Jackson. Yep.
0: They're they're all they're played by they're they're playing both acts. But then you yes. have these roles that are dual roles. Yeah. You have uh, Yep. Yeah, okay. You have um Anthony Ramos. Um mm-hmm. or Ram- is it Ramos or Ramos? I, uh, I mean I've heard it. I've heard it both ways. Anthony honestly. Ramos <laughs> who in act one plays John Lawrence, mm-hmm. who wants to lead the first black battalion. Yeah. Um and then he in was act from two from South Carolina. Yep, from South Carolina, which and who re- was? Redefining His, bravery. Whose
1: family owned slaves yes. and who was an abolitionist. 100%. And went to the South Carolina Congress many, many times many, many to times. try to convince them to give so, him emancipated slaves to fight.
0: Anthony Ramos plays that part in Act 1. Act 2, he plays... Philip. Philip Hamilton. Hamilton yes. The son, the firstborn yes. son of Alexander Hamilton. Correct. He does it hilariously, too. Yeah, he does. Um, so he's playing dual roles there. Kind of mirroring Like, that's a mm-hmm. role that mirrors... Uh, they kind of are the same role, in a sense, where John Lawrence is Hamilton's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. This is his first son. They're really right. close. They both die then, for him. Yep. You had David Diggs, who, mm-hmm. at one, plays Lafayette. Yes. Who, French, uh, he's uh-huh. come coming over. I mean, and he he has the French he's accent and everything. Um, he's just fantastic. And then he plays Hamilton's rival, Jefferson, yes. in the next act.
1: Who also has a French connection. Yep. He is the um, French...
0: The ambassador to France. Ambassador, thank yep, you. he's yeah. the ambassador to the France. Um, Lafayette gets a short little shout out in the very beginning of Act Two. Mm-hmm. I told Lafayette to draft the declaration, then I've got to go. Yeah, <laughs> peace. Yep. Bye. Um, so you have that. Then you have Oak, who plays Hercules Mulligan, mm-hmm. a spy for the Brit, uh, um, for the American government, um, mm-hmm. entrenched in you know doing the tailor uh, work for the British yep. army. And then he's James Madison mm-hmm. in the first act. He's just he's out there. He's explosive. You know, yep. he's uh, and then he's kind of mundane. Right, you know and he plays. Well,
1: Madison's also sick. Like, yeah, so yeah, Madison's sick. So he, he plays. So and, like, but, you but can he, tell he's always kind of taking the handkerchief like he's coughing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: And
0: then you have um, you have Jasmine Cephas Jones who plays mm-hmm. Aunt Peggy in the first act, mm-hmm. and Maria Reynolds, mm-hmm. um, which again is a beautiful um, like little mirroring. mirroring there because in the first act you have Angelica and Eliza who are both pining for mm-hmm. Hamilton, where you have the third scholar sister Peggy. Who's just never really mentioned, right? But she ends up playing the the third child. She ends up playing the yes. woman who has the affair with Hamilton. So let me
1: tell you though, Peggy.
0: Peggy was awesome.
1: She was awesome. Yeah. If you read if you read a Hamilton bio, it there is a scene. Where um there were Native American peoples on both sides of the war. Some of them fought for the British, some of them fought for um, the Americans. They were made promises on both sides. Mm-hmm. And their um, the Schuyler sisters were visiting their father um, and they were attacked, like in their home, on their land by a battalion of British Native American soldiers. And they were trying to round up the children. They were trying to get everyone upstairs to lock themselves in this room to try to, like, wait it out while they ransacked the house, hoping if they could just take what they wanted, they wouldn't hurt anyone. Right. And they realized that they left a child downstairs in the cradle. And I can't remember if it was one of Angelica or Eliza's kids, but Peggy realizing what has happened, throws the door open, runs downstairs, grabs the child, and as she's running back up the stairs, a tomahawk flies by her head and embeds into the wall and she ducks underneath it and keeps running. Like an amazing woman
0: (laughs) And now and here's the great thing about those dual roles Act One and Act Two. They were so good at those roles, I didn't realize it was two or it was the same yes. actor or actress playing dual roles
1: yes you have a like, moment where you're like wait a second like <laughs> well, I i
0: asked her, i remember watching her like whatever happened to peggy and you're like well that's her right that's there
1: right, yeah. and, I, and it was like
0: what <laughs> <laughs> like literally you have lafayette in the first act mm-hmm. and then i don't re- i i can't tell that's jefferson right coming out for act two
3: and all i did was let his hair down
0: yeah yeah i mean literally yeah. but he plays those roles so perfectly Okay, so I know we're talking about favorite cast members. Mm-hmm, but let me just go ahead and say, the casting for the Disney Plus um, presentation of this mm-hmm. was perfect. Yep. like was it? Literally, that was that, yeah. That's just all that's the original. Um, well, mo mo um yes, mostly uh, uh, mostly because yes. um, yeah. they
1: basically just recorded over a few different nights them doing the play mm-hmm. with an audience, and then for certain close-ups, they went back and recorded those moments in an mm-hmm. indie theater, and then they cut it all together. Mm-hmm. As I understand it.
0: Um, Jonathan Groff, who was on the original Broadway performance, um, he was not on the performance originally that they were filming, mm-hmm. but he came back yes. for a weekend so they can film his part. Yeah. Um, the actor, who, I think it was Rory O'Malley, who was doing the uh, tour at the time,
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, stepped aside for those shows, so mm-hmm. Jonathan Groff could get you know right. be a part of could the original. reprise his role yeah. so anyway we're talking about favorite cast members and I just had to start gushing over all of them so yeah um favorite cast member <laughs> cast members says um,
3: Derek digs where he did Lafayette but then Jefferson and honestly going back and looking at things today my favorite between the two is Jefferson Right. I like Lafayette but I feel like to be truthful I've only seen this one time it was the time with you guys um, I'll talk more about that in the presentation, I guess. not. It's not a negative thing. No. It's just been in my brain. I went back and started watching different clips and stuff, too, to get a better, fresh mind of... Because I've been listening to the soundtrack for weeks anyway. I listened to it when, I, when we left. From watching it the first time, I listened to it periodically over. But especially kind of gearing up for this, I've been listening to it kind of nonstop. Um, and something I really like about all the cast members they chose, just visually watching it, is they're all individualized they're all, each distinguishes a different person even though a lot of them are wearing similar clothing there's never a want of like wait a second who's this or who's that the same way that you would look back in history at a bunch of like like you said like powdered wig dudes that you would look at and be like they all look the same just because there's a bunch of dudes in a room with powdered wigs like well, who's Hamilton who's this or who's that I really like how they each person has their own style even the voicing and that's one of my fun facts I'll get to that later but like Hercules Mulligan, like I love the fact that he's the way he sounds and everything he does is different than every other person. Mm-hmm. And each person's that way. Each person singing wise um, is stylized differently after some other people. Like I said, I'll talk about it later. But um, just how he has the very deep spoken part, like it mm-hmm. just stands out. That like I want to hear what he has to say. And a lot of times it's nothing like giant compared to some of the other things that are happening. Uh, but I just love his performance of it. I love that he makes that character his own like just by what he does with his voice. Like it's Mm -hmm. a deeper voice and he makes that character its own thing. And especially like too when you're talking about the dual roles, how they do such a good job of it's not that they had a clothing or a wardrobe change or something different. It's very much they are two different characters and they distinguish it as such. They're not just Yeah, same person you know, wearing different clothing, pretending to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, for
0: the wrestling fans out there, and you'll appreciate this, this is the difference between Mankind, mm-hmm. Cactus Jack, and Dude Love. Played by the same wrestler, Mick mm-hmm. Foley, mm-hmm. but three distinct characters.
3: Acting. Acting. It is. And it's, what's it's, well, it's cool to think about, that's a good point, cause It's like, each costume is very drastically different. Mm-hmm. But it's not just the costume he's wearing, like, or the outfit. It's just the personality he's to it, how he talks. Right. How he does everything. It's the same way with this, uh... I don't know, I just really got into that. I really like, I like the way that Jefferson, his, just his, the way, like, all of his lines and stuff is written and how he approaches those, how he says them. Like, he's got the fastest rap in the entire Mm -hmm. play. And history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, to be able to do that, his voice is, I don't know, just the way he does it. Um, It reminds me a lot of, like, Eminem, like, watching or listening to it, not necessarily watching it. But I think back to whenever I started listening to rap in middle school, you had Eminem that came out was just very much different. He had that different tone like type of his voice, and he was just very smooth and fast, and that's what I relate to with listening to Jefferson and just the way that that character is portrayed. Absolutely. Um, but that's that would be my favorite.
0: For me, it can change on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm going to talk about a few standouts. Um... For probably several hours at this point so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, your dog is now going to be Hunter's property for now no. okay. <laughs> I was because sleep we're on didn't, couch I
4: guess <laughs> yep
0: yeah, it's comfortable trust me um, I want to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda first of all um, Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote this he composed the music and he also stars as Hamilton I'm not a huge fan of his singing or his rapping I, I do th- feel like he comes off a little stilted sometimes or a little just not natural for him, but in terms of character work, you see emotion mm-hmm. through his acting, through his face.
1: So, can I break in for just Absolutely. Um, Lynn wrote the music before he realized that he was going to play Hamilton. Yes. Me, uh, he thought he might want to play Burr. Yes, I was about to bring that up. And yes. so he wrote uh, the music for Hamilton's part, especially the singing parts, mm-hmm. just a little above his range. right. So I think there is across the board people who are big fans of Hamilton and Lynn mm-hmm. who agree that yes. like he's definitely not the best voice in the cast. No. So like I'll just I'll let you continue.
0: Yeah absolutely. So yeah he, uh, he said I felt an equal affinity with Burr. Uh, Burr is every bit as smart as Hamilton every bit as gifted. He comes from the same loss as Hamilton but he chose Hamilton. He's like whenever I get called in for stuff for Hollywood I get to be the best friend of the Caucasian lead. But if I want to play the main guy I have found I have to write. Uh, I get to be cockier than I really am. I get to be smarter than I really am. I get to be more impulsive than I really am. It's taking the reins off your id for two and a half hours. Um, but he does lament the fact that he gave the two best songs, Wait For It in the Room Where It Happens, yep. um, to Burr. He's like, those are the two best songs but I've ever now written. we
4: get
1: to watch Leslie Odom Jr. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. Well, good segue into Leslie Odom Jr., who is fantastic in mm-hmm. every sense of. I mean, he. He takes Aaron Burr, which, if you go back and look at some of the history of Burr and like what happens to Burr after the duel yep, yep. and all the stuff that leads up to it, he's, it he's not a sympathetic character.
1: No, he's really not.
0: I mean, he was charged with treason. Yes, you know, he had to move across, you know, overseas for you know Correct. a few years. I yes. mean, and he he was just not. I mean, he's considered generally one of the worst vice presidents right. in American history. There's right. like two or three other people in that conversation, yeah, but Burr's. I mean. He's not a sympathetic character when it comes to the history of America, and Leslie Odom Jr. makes you care about everything that happens to Aaron Burr. Correct. I mean, his singing is beautiful. Like I went back and like watched Leslie Odom doing uh, Jr. doing some concerts where he would Mm -hmm. you know just sing songs Mm -hmm. from you know from Hamilton as part of his act or whatever. And I mean, I just watched that all day. He's a beautiful singer. Um, but his acting, I mean, his facial expressions are just incredible. Right. The first meeting between him and Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, Hamilton in um, uh, Aaron Bursar, mm-hmm. you, you, know, you see that he, when he says, I'm getting nervous, you can see the right. nervousness right. on his face. I mean, he's like, who is this guy?
1: You punch uh, the Bursar? Yeah, yes. I mean, he's like, come
0: on. Um,
1: yeah, that's the other thing I love is I... So, uh, Sorry, I'm trying to think how to word this. So... There are pros and cons right to this so you're watching a play so when when we say go watch the movie Hamilton it is a recording of a live play that yeah. you're watching and the pro of that is that you are the camera yes. and the camera can get as close you get to the these best actors ambulance. as possible you 100%. get the best seat in the house yeah. right and so the con to that is Is that you're not there is something about live performance. Like if you have never experienced live theater, do yourself a favor and do that at some point in your life. Absolutely. Like I've I have always gone to to theater productions, musicals, not musicals. I've seen things on Broadway. I've seen things in London on the West End. I've seen things at like little local theater productions like sometimes you get beautifully weird stuff sometimes you are like where did they find the talent in this tiny little town um it's amazing i once watched the flat rock uh north carolina playhouse put on a production of les mis that i was just like flabbergasted um all that to say though the the great thing about what eric's talking about um where you're getting the best seat in the house with the camera is when you're uh, Section C, Row 89, you You can't see see the minute expressions Mm -hmm. that these actors are putting into their performance. But when the camera is in their face... Like, you can see the pain on Angelica's face mm-hmm. when she realizes that she's going to watch the man that she loves marry her sister and be happy for them, mm-hmm. you know? And, I, like, that's just something that you don't get to see unless you have an experience Well, the shows are like not phoning
3: it in either. They're not right. just up there, like, singing and sounding good. They're also right. just very emotionally
1: it's attached It's like acting. I mean,
3: this,
2: this is, <laughs>
0: honestly, it's the hardest form of acting. Oh, yeah. Because not only are you... You're you're trying to portray a character, but you have to do it through song, right? And you, I mean, it's just
4: you, you have to do so like, much.
1: Think of the, think of like the su- the literal mm-hmm. sweat and like tears mm-hmm. and spit that mm-hmm. like, especially people um, like Leslie Odom Jr. put into their character. Mm-hmm. They don't do that once for the camera. No, no it, they do it every. Do it, night. They do it every in night. A Sometimes. City. Sometimes eight times a week.
0: Yeah, twice on Sunday. Twice for on the Sunday. Matinee, yeah.
1: Sometimes for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a lot of toil yes. on your body and your brain and your voice and your And emotions. It's, and it's
0: not like movies or film or T V where you mess up and it's cut. Right. No, you're live. It's again another wrestling mm-hmm. equivalent here. You're live, baby. You're going the whole time and if you mess up, guess what? You gotta do it again tomorrow night. I mean right. It, right. it's really great um, I feel like
3: too and not. I'm not trying to jump straight into presentation I know you still have some people want to talk about it but it's yes. one of those things of like <laughs> and music <laughs> yeah but I feel like too just because we mentioned it I feel like there's a part it's a give and take where you get the emotion side from watching it on TV but I feel like there still would probably be an even better experience in a the theater maybe not better but at least as good of an experience because it's a different experience watching it live in a place where you're I've only been to like maybe one bigger musical thing, but a lot of same way you go to different places and see shows type deal, like, you know, presentations put on at like Disney World or Dollywood or random like musical things or even like local plays like you're talking about. But when you're in the midst of it, it's kind of like things catch you a little bit like surprise where instead of the camera leading your eye to a thing like on the T V uh, and in person it leads you like that's up to you all of a sudden somebody else joins in way over here singing and it grabs your attention you have to like be looking everywhere at the same time versus something showing you where to be watching so right. I don't know I definitely would love to see it in person uh, but like I said, it definitely is worth watching it just it's not it doesn't take away from it I don't think by watching it on TV like yeah. it's definitely worth watching still
0: definitely Um Philippa, I'm saying her name wrong. Um,
4: I think it's Philippa. Is it Philippa?
0: Okay, Philippa Sue.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Philippa Sue is Eliza. It gives a very understated performance. Mm-hmm. Um, very dignified. Yes. Um, you can kind of feel the pain behind some of the songs where she's just right. begging Hamilton come up. You know, come up. You know, will you tell um, him that John Adams? Hamilton. John Adams goes to the know right. State. John Adams doesn't have a real job anyway. Um,
1: Angelica, tell my husband John Adams spends the summers with his family.
0: <laughs> Would you tell my wife that John Adams doesn't, doesn't have, a real have a real job, job anyway? anyway. <laughs> um, so she does a fantastic job. Christopher Jackson as George Washington is just... CJ. Uh, chef's C. kiss. CJ. Um, Love him. I mean, he just... The... I'll use the word dignity again. The quiet dignity, gravitas that yes. a president yes. should have. I'm gonna let that sink in for a little bit. He portrays it mm-hmm. beautifully and wonderfully. Uh, David Diggs, fantastic. He was my initial favorite. Thomas Jefferson was my, uh-huh. you know, the one I came out that night thinking, man, he's just he's fantastic. Yes. Um, Jonathan Groff as the key. Yep. He appears in four scenes. He has yep. three songs. Yep. All right.
1: Man, he's got a presence though.
0: But my goodness, yeah. he owns that stage for yeah, those three does. songs, and he steals a show in the, mm. the rental pamphlet. The rental pamphlet. He's just over there. He's just over there dancing. <laughs> I mean, he just. I mean, he just—he is fantastic. Jonathan Groff, if y'all didn't know, is the guy who plays Kristoff mm-hmm. um, in Frozen. Yeah. Um. So nice little Disney connection yeah. there.
1: John Adams. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: I know him, that can't be. That's that little guy who spoke to me. Yes. Oh,
1: <laughs> what so was funny. it?
0: 89.
1: <laughs> Which So, Lam Manuel Miranda was interviewed saying that the canon in his brain mm-hmm. is that when, when King George is singing that song, he's thinking of the scene from Paul Giamatti's John Adams where he goes and talks to the king. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's all... It's all yes. tied together, man. It's all connected.
0: And then my current favorite as of today, Anthony Ramos as John Lawrence. Ugh. Like, the more and more I hear Beautiful. John Lawrence and more and more I read about John Lawrence, the more and more yes. I'm just a bigger fan of
4: his. Yes. You know, he
0: tells you up front in Aaron Burser, um, that he um, you know, he wants to be the leader of the first black battalion. Mm-hmm. You know, he won't, he's, you know, will never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me.
4: Yes.
0: And we, we, we'll get to this, I think, in Fun Facts because it's one of my fun facts. There's actually a song cut from the actual, like, um, soundtrack that you get on Spotify, but it's included in the Disney Plus performance where John Lawrence's character, uh, or John Lawrence, mm-hmm. dies in a battle, a pointless battle Stush. that happened. After the war, yes,
1: it was over, and
0: um, and he's killed, and um, Eliza kind of talks about that in the very last song, how um, she speaks out against slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you were here, you would have more time to carry on your friend's legacy. Yes, um, and so I mean, I'm just I'm a big fan of John yeah. Lawrence. He has yeah, some, speaking he,
1: of facial expressions, Christopher Jackson does a really interesting. Yes, thing he does at the very thing. end. Yes,
0: um, where she, um, literally he, um, he's singing about. Um, she tells my story. She tells my story. She, and then Her next line right. is, I speak out against yes. slavery, and the look on his h- face, his falls. face yes. falls knowing that that's something that he didn't right. do. Right. You know, that he, whether he agreed with it or didn't agree, he right. didn't speak out against it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a blemish against Washington's, you know, good reputation.
1: So, there is some... Um, uh, debates in the academic circles um, how much John Lawrence and Alexander Hamilton loved one another. Okay. Um, And I only know that because I was reading this biography and it had an excerpt from a letter between Lawrence and Hamilton and I was like you tell me no one in the history of history has ever looked at this and thought "Mm, Mm. this is very intense. Um So, I like to read it because it's just, honestly, like, if it was just friendship, I love the way that men were allowed to be so, like, like, brothers in arms and, like, I love you and, like, I'm, like, affectionate towards one another and, like, we're fighting a war together. But also, if it's more than that, then this is beautiful. So, um, this is a, uh, excerpt from a letter from Hamilton, uh, who's writing, um, in April of 1779 to Lawrence, who's like doing something abroad somewhere for Washington. Mm -hmm. It says, I wish my dear Lawrence, it might be in my power by action rather than words to convince you that I love you. You know how much it is my desire to preserve myself free from particular attachments and to keep my happiness independent on the caprice of others. You should not have taken advantage of my sensibility to steal into my affections without my consent, but you have done it, and as we are generally indulged to those we love, I shall not scruple to pardon the fraud you have committed on condition that for my sake, if not for your own, you will always continue to merit the partiality which you have so awfully instilled into me. Wow. Hmm. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful.
0: That is th- very
4: beautiful.
1: That, I think that's, whatever that may be, is what Anthony Ramos was trying to capture. Because yeah. the way he plays Lawrence to Hamilton is one of like deep affection yeah. for each other. And I think that's really beautiful. Awesome.
0: I think it's great. Um no, there's no. I mean, I can talk about this cast for days. Do you have anything else you want to add, Ashby? Nope. <laughs> I mean, we, we've literally talked about every cast. We
1: still got actually.
0: There's one cast. Three more member.
1: sections to go. Like
0: I have a dog. I gotta get home too.
1: <laughs> is it midnight? It feels like midnight. <laughs>
0: there's one cast member whose name I did not write down, but she plays the bullet.
1: Oh yes, I talk about her later.
0: Okay, so we'll to we'll yeah. that in a second. I have okay, her name. Cool. Um, what's next uh, on our list, and is it the music or the production?
1: Uh, either one either one. either one Either one We skipped music So we can go back to it or We can do presentation first And then end will Let's do
0: presentation then when we do music We can do our favorite songs
1: Okay Cool 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 cool
0: Alright so presentation Thoughts
1: So I want to mention Before we start presentation Because mm-hmm. I, I just thought To write it down Because um, I think Hamilton is so synonymous With Lynn Which it should be Because he wrote it mm-hmm. But Tommy Kell Is the director Of both the play And the Disney Plus movie mm-hmm. Right um, Andy Blankenbuer Is the choreographer Alex Lackamore is the music director, and Paul Taswell is the costume designer. So I just want nice. to throw those yeah, people yeah. out because they often work behind the scenes. They don't mm-hmm. get as much credit, I think. And so when we talk about presentation, we're going to be talking about a lot of things that those men deserve credit for. So
3: I'll, I'll start, and then that way y'all can have your big talks.
1: Kick um, <laughs> us off, yeah, Kyle! You
3: can be a part of
0: our big talks, too.
3: I don't know. Uh, for me... <laughs> I like how it's all done. Like obviously, it's done on one stage, but the settings really don't change much throughout this entire process. Nothing changes like a giant overhaul, anyway. Right. Um. That's some you know plays. Well, all of a sudden, screen goes down, comes back up, looks like a whole different world. Like there's subtle things that change, and they do, but it's nothing that's so drastic. But mm-hmm. at the same time, because the movie's like two or plays like two and a half, 245, two forty-five, so three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Three yeah. hours, forty minutes. Yeah. So, you doesn't. It's not where it's bored you though. You don't right. get stuck in like, this is the same room we've been in for two almost three hours now. Right. Um. I did mention earlier I've only seen it once which was which was with you guys. I said like I made notes about the presentation because I wanted to make sure. Me saying that isn't a lack in how good this is. Uh, it's for me if my mindset I'm not one that can sit down. And say, I'm going to give my next three hours to this. Right. I'm a person that I'm more than likely sit and watch something for three hours, but I am not intended on it. Like, I'm watching this 27-minute episode of this, and now I've watched, you know, five episodes of it or whatever. Right. Um, if I'm going to be able to sit down, I have to kind of plan that. Like, to right. say, I'm going to sit down and watch something this long. Um, and I think it's a little daunting, honestly, like mm-hmm. to know it's that big, to make that step to say, I'm going to re-watch this now. Like, right. Because that's that's committing another three hours of your yes. life yeah. and it's not that it's not worth it it's definitely worth it right I think the music's amazing I think that every person what they've done is amazing um, I don't know just after seeing a lot of different things that have been done in real life where like I say the giant set changes and things which is awesome in their own setting and all right if they how it fits I really liked how with this one you really are focused on the people and not so much the surroundings right. like and so I, I thought they did an amazing job um, and I really like the fact, too, that as much as, you know, a handful of people really stand out, each person stands out in their own right. Like, it's not, here's these two main people and a surrounding 20 people that, you mm-hmm. know, feel in space. Like, instead, you know, there are some that don't do much, you know, vocally. I ain't gonna say they don't, you know, they're acting and dancing and choreography, everything else is there. But the majority of it is everyone's kind of involved. And it's mm-hmm. the same way with, I think, how good music is. Where something steps up into the lead spot that takes that, everything surrounds around it to make one perfect, you know, amazing song. And then it can shift, and something else shifts out, and everything else molds itself around that to make it its own good thing. So, yeah. Um, I won't get too much into the music side yet. But overall, I think every person did an amazing job to make it something that after the first hour and a half, you're not like, man, is this thing over yet? Like, you want to continue to know what's next what's mm-hmm. happening and want to keep going with it
0: I think it goes to show that with the right story the background doesn't matter mm-hmm. the location doesn't matter
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, like you said they literally shot this in front of the same stage you know mm-hmm. they might have had maybe some minor I don't remember some minor cosmetic differences between act 1 and act 2 maybe I don't
2: I uh, know all about the okay. set. Mm-hmm.
0: so I'll let you talk about the set in just a <laughs> second second but um but it's it's focused on the characters, it's focused on the story. Um as a good story should be. If the the location overshadows the characters in the story, then how good is the story to begin with? Mm-hmm. Um so I, I like the, the that aspect as well where it you don't have to really, really worry about, well, it was in this location, this location. I mean if you've got a good enough story, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um I appreciate the um the wardrobe, um I thought did really well and they all wore um, they all wore attire that kind of made them stand out as characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also saw some of that, um, some of that I guess evolution of some of the characters. Whereas like Hamilton's wearing green, mm-hmm. you know, for money, for money, you know, that's you know kind of you know the representation. But he also kind of cleans up a little bit mm-hmm. as he rises in power, right? Um, you know, that's something that I can appreciate. Um, Lafayette, you know. the we talked about the difference between him and Jefferson Lafayette' mm-hmm. you know the, you know in the war mm-hmm. and then Jefferson's just flamboyant yes. you know, he's got the, the pink or the the you know, magenta um, attire um,
1: So an interesting thing from Paul Taswell the costume designer mm-hmm. um, and this is my only note on costumes and I, I'll bring it up just because you were talking about it right. um, he decided you know it's revolutionary period yep modern hip-hop
4: yep. language mm-hmm.
1: so every single person, is dressed in a period costume mm. but every single person has a modern hairstyle. Yes. If you and that's what know. I was
3: saying like more so saying earlier talking about the characters and how they're individualized is right where their clothing all looks the same. Each person was done in a way that was very distinguishable about who they are and you get to grow in that character even more. Yes. Because of that you associate them with physical attributes and things so as they you know, especially like you know Jefferson later his hair's giant by mm-hmm. the time like, he's out later like, it just makes that character so much more stand out and every person there's a couple that have slick back hair but the same way they're each done differently where right. it makes it it makes it more than just a, a stage full of people yeah. or yeah. individualized characters
0: And I don't know if this is falls into production or not but it, I guess it technically go back to the story but I, little nuances in the story I think do add into the production um, The idea, you know, you have the first two songs, which mm-hmm. again, we'll talk about the songs later, but you have Alexander Hamilton, and then you have Aaron Burr, Sir. Mm-hmm. And it introduces your two main characters, and I appreciate that they have Aaron Burr, Sir, Sir being a term of respect, mm-hmm. because Aaron Burr has was, that respect. He was
2: of a higher class. He was Hamilton. of a higher
0: class. Um, but you see the, uh, the evolution of that whenever Hamilton gets married. Mm hmm. And uh, in the reprisal of the story of tonight, um, like Aaron, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Hamilton, uh, or Aaron Burr, and Aaron Burr refers to Hamilton as Sir. Mm-hmm. You know, those little touches right. make a big, you know, kind of really adds to the characters. Um, again, I don't know if that falls into production, but I'm going to leave it in there because mm-hmm. it's just little nuances there. Right. Um, I'm going to let you talk about the stage, but I just okay. want to go ahead and note the spinning floor, um,
2: yeah, it's I fantastic.
0: So um, I, I really enjoyed that, especially for um, your song. Um, mm-hmm. Satisfied. <laughs> Satisfied, yes. Yeah. So,
1: so um, a few things from uh, Andy Blankenbier, who's the choreographer. Uh, the stage is a turntable, yes. right? Okay, so there's are oh, some the turntables. Yes, mm-hmm. where they are walking in place and they use that as a way to. Um, put things in the background and the foreground as Mm -hmm. people sing but what you might not realize is that the turntable uses clockwise and counterclockwise Mm -hmm. direction to denote time moving forward or going back in time they also use the turntable and turning as like as far as actors going um, turning to the left or the right to also denote when someone is moving um, against fate and towards fate yes which is interesting um, and then also, one of the things that Andy came up with, uh, choreography-wise, is that Hamilton always walks in circles and arcs, because that's how he thinks. He's always thinking. Yes. And Burr will always walk in straight lines.
0: Because it's crazy how they
3: add, like they think to put those things in.
0: Oh, and, and, and you don't, it's one of those things where you don't notice it, but subconsciously, I think it does mm-hmm. burn into your interpretation of the story. Right. See Hamilton, who's frantic and always moving around, like you said, mm-hmm. he's always thinking, always. Right. You know, he's writes like he's running out of time. He's always going to go in, in a continuous circle. Right. Whereas Aaron Burr, straight and narrow. Yeah. You know, cautious. Follow the road. You know, don't follow off the path, beaten path. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's brilliant how they work that in. Yeah. It really is.
1: Um, and then in, despite the fact that the set is minimalistic, it does change frequently in very small ways throughout the play. So, the staircases are moving, Mm -hmm. the openings and the railings are changing, Um, they are constantly moving furniture in and out, Mm -hmm. and then also, if you'll notice, um, the ropes change, and initially when Hamilton is going from the Caribbean to New York, it's set to look almost like the bow of a ship, Mm -hmm. and then when they're... um, Building the revolution like they're building the country and the revolution is happening mm-hmm. and It all looks a lot more like scaffolding and then once they start to actually lay the foundation in the second act of the country um, b- There's more brick brick will drop mm-hmm. down to make it look like an actual building mm-hmm. and so There are a lot of like really symbolic ways that they subtly change the set Which I think keeps keeps it minimalistic, mm-hmm. but also keeps it interesting but also changes it just enough so that, like you say, you're not thinking like, wow, we've really been in this set for like three whole hours, sure. yeah. you know, which I thought was super interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's, those are sort of like the thoughts that I had for, um, presentation.
0: Awesome. Well, let's jump into the, uh, piece de resistance, I can't say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. de there it is. Resistance. See, it's yeah, I can't hard, say it a, yeah. It's really hard. The music. Yes. Oh, the music. The music. Um,
1: this is where I talk. This is
0: hours. where, yeah, this is where, yeah, well, we're coming up on an hour and a half, so we're going to hit the over on the, um... Oh, well. But, oh, well, you're I, right.
1: Actually, really, mine are short and sweet. Like, I just talk a little bit about it. So, um, I, like I, I
0: want to quote Lin-Manuel Manuel Miranda, um, regarding the idea behind the music here. Okay. Uh, he says, um, you know, he was talking about how he got inspired by, uh, the, um, Alexander Hamilton biography and he's like you know, I was just browsing the biography section it could have been Truman, he said I got to the part where a hurricane destroys St. Croix where Hamilton's living, he writes a poem about the carnage and the poem gets sent off the island that is part and parcel of the hip hop narrative writing your way out of your circumstances writing the future you want to see for yourself this is a guy who wrote it 14 I wish there was a war, it doesn't get more hip hop than that
4: for real
0: um, so I want to start with Alexander Hamilton um, the first song he performed that song at the White House in 2009. Um, there's a video of it on YouTube. I'm gonna try to cut a clip in here uh, of him introducing the song to the White House. Um, so if you hear a clip here, here it is. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled uh, the White House called me uh, tonight uh, because uh, I'm actually working on a hip hop album. Uh, it's a concept album about the life of someone I think embodies hip hop, Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton. You laugh, but it's true. Um, he, was, uh, he was born a, a penniless orphan uh, in St. Croix of illegitimate birth, um, became George Washington's right-hand man, uh, became treasury secretary, caught beef with every other founding father, uh, and all on the strength of his writing. I think he embodies uh, the word's ability to make a difference. But he performs this song, and he talks about how you know, Alexander Hamilton embodies what hip-hop is. And that's where the influence for this hip-hop culture comes from in the music. Um, The music is done perfectly. Um, I've said that about a lot of things, the casting, the production, the blah, 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 blah. But just because I've said it a million times doesn't mean it's not true. So um, I really love the music. Um, Favorite songs, you know, I go from one song to another, to another, to another. You know, one week it's Alexander Hamilton, one week it's Aaron Burr, sir. One week it's What Did I Miss? One week it's the... um, it's Dear Theodosia, One Week It's Wait For. I mean, there's so many great songs on here. But I will say my first experience with, this, um, with the songs or with the, um, the music from Hamilton was I was browsing a um, pre-made playlist on Spotify, like based off your recommendations or here's your daily mix one or two. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was listening to a lot of OutKast or a lot of Usher or a lot of just hip-hop and R&B in general and cabinet battle number one was thrown in there. And I'm thinking, what is this? And I look at this Hamilton, like, oh, I've heard of Hamilton. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, one of my co workers talks about how he really has listened, enjoyed listening to the Hamilton soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And that's the song that really got its hooks into me because it's like, this is a cabinet meeting mm-hmm. done in the style of a rap battle. Yeah, mm-hmm. genius. And it's like, wow. Right. Wow. I don't know who each character is. I mean, I kind of do because I know George Washington's presiding over it, and he says, "Well, here's Jefferson. Right. Here's Hamilton. You know, here's the fallout." And I'm like, "Okay, that is fantastic." And I look and there's a cabinet battle number two. And like, <laughs> even so better. Even better. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Um, so they those are the two uh, songs that kind of really got their hooks into me." Mm-hmm. And so I, I ended up listening to the soundtrack. Prior to us watching it on Disney Plus several a couple of years ago, I mean, ago.
1: many. I feel like many, many people listened to the soundtrack before seeing the play because that used to be the only accessible way for the, the only masses, exa- accessible. But way. I'm really glad I didn't because I. It's really hard for me to get behind soundtracks mm-hmm. to things I haven't seen. Yeah, and so I really like, almost like I almost pulled one of those like. Well, if everyone likes it, then I won't sure. thing Yeah, one like, of those
0: hipster things. This is
1: <laughs> happening, so I'm gonna pass. Yeah, you know, absolutely. and so I'd, my first time seeing Hamilton was my first time hearing, hearing Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah. and I'm not saying that's the way to go, but like I don't regret it.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um, but music is fantastic. Um, where, where do you want to start, or how do you like, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just talk about your favorite songs, or do you want to go into specific- specifics about um, songs? I mean, I mean, I just
1: have like very brief, like this, 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 this. Okay. Um, well, j-
0: dive in, jump in and I'll dive in and, okay. and dive in as well.
1: So, rap battle number two, just because he rhymes reality and neutrality. Yes. Um, I love the language of Hamilton and I know we've already talked about this but like the fact that he uses words like intransigent and yes. ruinous like yes. the hip hop makes it accessible to a modern audience but the language itself like the diction the word choice keeps it grounded, grounded in the in era the, yeah, in the you 1700s, know absolutely. Um, so that's really cool and then Satisfied my favorite song um, I love when she says at least my dear Eliza's his wife at least I keep his eyes in my life and I just think it's a beautiful song that perfectly captures what it's like to watch someone you love fall in love with someone else you love and be happy for them Absolutely. but realizing that like that happiness is something that like you're never going to have for yourself right um i really love wait for it you know i'm the one thing in life i can control and i think that perfectly sums up berg I'm not falling behind
0: um, or, or running late.
1: Right. Yes. You know, and then death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It mm-hmm. takes and it takes and it takes. And yep. I love that song. Um, but oddly enough, probably one of my favorite songs now that I've listened to the soundtrack of a bajillion times and not something that I initially thought would be my favorite song is The World Was Wide Enough. Yeah. He says, I walk towards him, but I'm ushered away. And I feel like that's one... Of the sadder lines in the play for me because I can can picture because at the end, yes they were bitter rivals Mm -hmm. and while there may be some historical contesting were they ever actually legitimately friends or were they just colleagues and then they started to hate one another like was there ever actually a friendship? Definitely not Mm -hmm. like there was with Lafayette or Lawrence or Mulligan Mm -hmm. but but even if there wasn't, even if there was just mutual respect, or even grudging respect, mm-hmm. the idea that, like, you know, not... Most people honestly didn't die in duels. Duels happened all the time. Mm-hmm. It it, was, it wasn't something that you thought, like, this is a death sentence. You know, one of us is definitely going to die. People mm-hmm. survived them. Yeah. And Hamilton even though he definitely got his affairs in order just in case he had a lunch appointment on the books that day. Like he didn't think, This is it, here I go. Yeah. And so I'm sure that Bird didn't think this is it. I'm gonna kill my my whatever mm-hmm. or be killed. You know, I'm sure he didn't want to die. He had a daughter who had already lost her mother. Mm-hmm. But I just think this idea that like, you know, this shot rings out and you can't take it back. and you're watching this man crumple to the ground and your first instinct even though you're the one that shot him is of course to rush to his side to try to be like oh my gosh are you okay and like someone's like no that's not a good idea you need to go You know, Mm -hmm. and like that whole just picturing that whole scene is just super sad to me Um, but what I didn't know again until I read this beautiful biography is that the world was wide enough is based on an actual quote by Aaron Burr. So, um, if anyone is feeling a particularly angry at Aaron Burr at the end of this, just rest assured, like Eric mentioned earlier, that his life was not happy after he killed Alexander no. Hamilton. Um, and a lot of awful things happened to him, but probably the most awful is that after he was... Uh, Sentence for Theresa and fled the country. He did, you know, he did some things that weren't really great or illegal after he killed Hamilton completely apart from Hamilton. He tried to separate the Western states from the country. He pissed Thomas Jefferson off. It's a whole thing. He fled to Europe. He got waylaid in England. So the one light in his life um, at the end was his daughter, Theodosia, Mm -hmm. and her son, who she named after him, Aaron. By the time Burr had finally made it back to the US after all of this this stuff had happened, the only thing he wanted to do was see his daughter and his grandson, only to be written by her husband um, saying that Aaron, his uh, grandson had died tragically, and that Theodosia was inconsolable. And then because of grief and poor health, Theodosia was prevented from visiting her father where he had ended up um, in the States. And she boarded a ship to come see him, and the ship never came. Wow. Um, And so she died at sea, Mm. is what we are led to believe. Right. So Bird did marry again, but his wife left him after that. Um, His world kind of grew, like, very small and dark. And it says he only had a few words at the end of his life. For his old nemesis, Alexander, they sounded as though something like regret had found him at last. It says, if I had read Stern more and Voltaire less, I should have known the world was wide enough for Hamilton and me.
4: Yep.
0: Here's a little bit of trivia to go along with your story, too. You mentioned his wife leaving him. The divorce lawyer was Alexander Hamilton Jr. I mean,
1: honestly.
0: (laughs) Full circle. Can
1: we get more perfect than that?
0: Mm -hmm. I can't something? write this. <laughs> no, you can. You want to talk about some of your favorite songs before okay. I gush over them all? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've talked about it before. I'm
3: more of a music person, and y'all are more of lyric people. Yeah. Um, and I think that that rings true. With this where it takes it took me multiple times listening to songs to catch any of what the story of what's happening in it. Right. Instead, I'm more of a person that listens. I see the voice as another instrument. And how does that play along with the full course of everything happening? Right, right. Um, not to say I don't listen to the words that are happening or understand it, but I felt my brain doesn't grasp that as much as it automatically jumps to what is this doing and what was that and how does that right. mix together?
1: And I think, just to be fair to you, and mm-hmm. maybe as a warning to people listening, that if you are a music person and not a lyrics person, um, because Hamilton is written in a, in a hip-hop with a rap sense um i think that it a lot of people who love hamilton maybe don't comprehend how hard it is for some people to take it in or to appreciate it because it like there it's not like greece where Mm -hmm. there is spoken word and you can understand the story and Mm -hmm. then they break into song Mm -hmm. if you can't Hear this rap very mm-hmm. quickly and understand what's being said and take it in as a storyline. Mm-hmm. You're missing the entire play; like sure. nothing is spoken, almost everything is wrapped mm-hmm. or sung. And so, I think it can be really hard to to really like get a grasp. And I think that's why it takes like if you're really committed to understanding, you might have to go through it mm-hmm. a few times. Well, I've um, like listened to the
3: soundtrack as much as I have now any gaps that I had after the first time were all put together but yes. I like hearing it multiple times but I feel like too the way the music is done in this is I love the fact too that if you've never watched or listened to it and you're hearing us talk about it is you may have a preconceived notion of rap and what that sounds like mm-hmm. um, there may be parts of that in this but I love how everything is mixed together mm-hmm. because it's not just straight hip hop you know music Right. part of it's hip hop some of it's very strong hip hop like sound wise, music, musical instrument wise, uh, but then there's other parts that are just straight up like, you know, almost synth, You know, or not synth, but um, symphony-esque, where mm-hmm. it's very string driven and very piano driven, and like, I love that about typical that.
2: Typical musical numbers. Yes, yeah. but
3: in the, it's the same way that they take that and then mix in turntables in the background of mm-hmm. that to just enough, it's not to overpower, once again, right. it's just another instrument that blends it all together. But the same way with a lot of these songs, music works together with whatever the lines are about to make it a very strong point. So if it's an emotional point, the music's going to be emotional with it. Mm -hmm. Now that can be slow and sad sounding emotion or that can be very loud and strong and fast emotion as well to go along with some things. Um, And I think that was something I I really like a lot about a lot of the songs. I didn't go back and piece them all together, but the certain little parts in like say the piano starts out a couple different songs, the exact same way to get your mind set in the, this is that same thing I've heard before that continues to go through, but it leads into something else. It's there for continuity's sake of continuing the whole thing as a whole together, but then it brings it up same way that they go back to not throwing away my shot or the room where it happened to random like throwback lines in different songs to bring it continually together. Um, but overall, like from a musical standpoint, I went back. Um, Aaron sir is one of my favorites. Just I think just the lines with it. It's really mm-hmm. first off, it's really easy to understand lyrically. It's really easy to understand, but also just how it goes back and forth, the constant rhyming on burr or Sir to make it overdone, but it's not mm-hmm. in a cheesy way. Right.
0: I, I like how they set that up with the constant burr, sirs the Burr, you know, everything mm-hmm. rhyming with sir just for the punch on the beat, you punch the burser, Right. You know, and just kind of you know, there's a little pause there to kind of mm-hmm. let that sink in, you know, the mm-hmm. hilarity of that you punch the burser. We well,
3: so, even like to go back and listen to it, you see a much more innocent and respect respective side of Hamilton mm-hmm. whenever he's approaching Burr you, in his voice, like just even the level of his voice.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like he's even, approaching one of his heroes. Yes, yeah. so, like
3: there's almost that slight hesitance in his voice, but also not not scared to be around him, but literally just in all kinds of wanting to know more, he's um, just very respectable or treats him with respect. Um, versus later how he much more strongly, you know, puts his ideals out there and stands on those ideals. Um, I like how it flows straight into my shop, mm-hmm. how it builds builds and it's immediately there. Mm-hmm. It's not some, we're gonna tie this together later. It's just, it's like one of those great songs on an album where technically, if you're going to play one, you've got to play the other. Right. Like, you know, um, like Queen. Like, we're the champions and we will rock you. like right. Slides together. Yes. You know? um, and just how, like, it's made for that. And mm-hmm. just, it's one of those things, if you're listening to it, like, technically, it's probably not the greatest idea to listen to this on Shuffle. Like, it's mm-hmm. weird to be thrown all around in the story. It is. But it's not something that, At if you're just life. enjoying. What's one of those things, if you're just enjoying it for the music's sake.
2: Yeah, I listen to it on Shuffle sometimes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but it's one of those things, if one of those songs gets thrown off, right. it's weird right. not to have them following it. Um, same way with the Scholar Sisters, I really like how, it's a voice thing for me, but how they interact and they're woven together. Mm-hmm. How it reminds me of like, Taking Back Sunday has very much like two main vocals, how they intertwine back and forth very smoothly, mm-hmm. they work together, the even if they're talking at the same time, they're not overpowering each other, they just, right. they like group together and make a very beautiful thing happen. Um, so especially when the three sisters are actually singing their parts um, and just how that's intertwined. First, the obvious, you know, Angelica, Eliza and Peggy, but then the immediate line that's after that that's like, I can't remember, but something Peggy, and, like, it all floats. Like, mm-hmm. it's so fast and how quick it all floats together, but it's done in a really beautiful way. Um, honestly, I like Satisfied, and I think it's the fact of listening to you sing it. And, like, <laughs> But and I don't like I know it's not so much that. If you're listening now and you don't know what I'm talking about, we put out Eric worked hard at to putting together a carpool karaoke, two Act, versions of it.
0: Act one came out yesterday, which no was one Wednesday. Has ever it's said on it, YouTube. Act two's Broadway by, songs. sounded better. Act two's out by the time this podcast sits, so wow, check that out on honestly, YouTube by searching I'm for speechless. what media I don't even know all one word to YouTube.
3: i I'm not saying like I'm not trying to like, you know
1: I mean, no one's going to argue that to like, I sing better, better than at Goldsberry.
3: Same way, though. It's not so much the fact that it was better, but being next to you and seeing the emotion in your face is you I love it. It's my Because song. it wasn't something you were faking. Same way, like, when we were done, like, I just sat in
0: all and just watched because it, it looked like it, it was good something... good that we were at your house and we had to get up because that was the perfect time for a break.
3: Yeah. Nice. Well, it was, like, something that had personally attacked you. Like, you were singing from your heart. Yeah. I love things. that song. And so, to see that, in the same way, if you ever see anybody else that loves a song, is very passionate right. about it, yeah. you love it. Not so much just because it's a great song, which it is, but the extension that somebody else has with it. So, right. for me, that's what that did. Um, the Room Where It Happened just has an amazing beat to it and just how everything flows with that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. is just, it's an amazing song to me, especially when lyrically it just makes me think so much about a lot of things I've thought about in life or just people you've lost in life and just how... That relates musically to me, and just how that's a great closing song for all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of that, cause especially within the last two songs. There's a lot of realization that he has mm-hmm. that he goes through, and then what you're left with by everybody else. The same way that, right? You know, in life, where there's a lot of people that may not get along with each other, but there's a lot of respect there. But for some reason, you know, we're very caught up in ourselves that we won't ever allow that to be vocalized. Until it's too late, like right. that sort of thing. Um, so for me, I just kind of put that all together. So that's where I stand this, on this. Is
1: this where we should talk about how I, you guys, got to watch me sob hysterically for like five? I thought minutes. it was
3: amazing. Like I was glad.
0: Like I'm, gl- <laughs> I'm glad you did because I'm fighting back the tears and I think oh. I even made a comment like it's getting kind of dusty in here I and you're like you guys are gonna see me ugly cry. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is why this is why I don't go see certain things in theaters because I, like. You know the really beautiful, like, feminine tears that, like, some girls can work up where they just have little drip drops, you know, and they're doing that cute little, like, (laughs) Mm. no, that's not how I cry. Like, when I feel something, like, it's coming out, it's like an ugly, like, wailing sob, and it's, like, blotchy and red and snotty, and, like, I cannot, I cannot stop it, I cannot stop it. And I was trying so hard and, like, not to look at you and not to, like, just look at the screen and, like, don't make any weird hiccuping noises and, like, just keep it inside. (laughs) Like, just keep swallowing. Keep swallowing. And um, then Eliza started talking about the orphanage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm," shut it down. done. And then at the very, very end, she does that, like, gasp. That gasp, yeah. And I just lost it like lost it and I sobbed in front of you well that's my I think like, even <laughs> me thinking about it, my thought was
3: the family I've always been that way if somebody, of now. if somebody is willing to put that much emotion out in front of you I feel like right people need to know like that's a safe zone like, right it's okay to show your emotion and let that out because honestly so much in life people tell you that, you know especially right. like dudes you hear it a lot especially but it does happen for women as well where you know oh you're supposed to be strong you don't be weak don't do this and it's like whoever put the emotion of crying and being weak together is just stupid because that's just being honest and it's being out there and it should be allowed and I'm a big push for that where it's be willing and be able to share your emotions with people and also be a person that's accepting and being okay with that and that doesn't mean you have answers for all of it it's okay like, I didn't necessarily cry, but at the same time, it wasn't awkward for you to be crying at the same time. Yeah. It's one of those things that I can understand that and appreciate that, that something touched you and you cared in such a way. And to see something just that beautiful, That's like, yeah, I want to, t- you know, that you can't help with that. Like, well,
1: there are a lot of, like, I, there are a lot of um, quotes and, uh, like, online articles about mm-hmm. what the gas means. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But in my mind... Like as I'm watching it, it's you know like when and when you're talking about who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Mm-hmm. A lot of the the lyricism of that um, is about a legacy yes. and like the legacy you leave, and then how that legacy gets passed on and told and remembered. And you know Eliza, who could who could who went through so much loss, and who could have easily said, um, you know. You sort of got my son killed, and now I've lost my sister because Peggy actually dies too. Um, she she dies off stage, obviously, and with you know, I think she just dies of illness. But you know, and then she's like, "Well, and you cheated on me a lot, and then told everyone about it." Uh So she could have just been like, "You know what? Like, this isn't my problem. Like, I just I'm gonna live my life," you know. And instead, like she says, she puts herself back in the narrative. And she starts going through his papers. And she and Angelica work to really, like, organize his thoughts and continue on the ideas he had. The, you know, they speak out against slavery. Um, she knows that he's an orphan. And so she starts working on, you know, putting together this orphanage and, and giving children homes. Mm-hmm. and And so, like, I'm sort of taking all of that in. Mm-hmm. And then, in my mind... And, and this is a like one of the arguable points, like one of the top uh, opinions mm-hmm. on the internet. In my mind, at the very end, she looks out towards the audience, and Hamilton, or the specter of Hamilton, I suppose, mm-hmm. is kind of behind her. She She's about to die. You know, she's mm-hmm. reached the end of her life. She's going to get to see him again. Mm-hmm. And she looks out, and she gets... It's almost like, like the the veil of, like, space and time and eternity is, like, open to her. Mm-hmm. And she gets to see the legacy that they leave together. Like, mm-hmm. she gets to see what, like, what people know about her and Hamilton now. And, like, mm-hmm. how, how we understand history and what they did and what her actions and choices meant to his story, like that that we still talk about him. Um and like she gets to see that Mm -hmm. unfold before her and she gasps. And so like, oh my god, I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. Hold on. And so like it's just it's this beautiful moment where like she gets to see the legacy. Yeah.
0: So here's what Philippa Sue says about this. Um she says, are people like is it Eliza going to heaven? Is she seeing Alexander? Is she seeing God? What is it? And it's kind of all of those things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's literally I look out and I see the audience and that's what it is. But I think that idea of transcendence is present in all of that. Lynn manuel Miranda recently said that the gasp is different for each Eliza. Mm-hmm. I've had different conversations. It's heart-stopping. And do I think that it transverses time in some way, whether that thing she's seeing is Hamilton, or whether that thing she's seeing is heaven, or whether that thing she's seeing is the world now? I think those are all valid and all fair. I think she's seeing across a span of time in that moment. One thing is for, for certain, though, Miranda is not playing himself in the final moments, leaving Elijah to look out at the audience, as one fan theorized. They, uh, he said, it's a lovely notion, but it breaks down the moment that I'm not playing the role. The gasp is the gasp is the gasp. I love all the interpretations.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: What makes me think, there's one other strong time in music that I think of a gasp. And it's Nirvana did an unplugged show on MTV like in 93, 94. He died in 94. Mm-hmm. did. But the very last song it's um, Where'd You Sleep Last Night? And he's playing it's Soul a cover. song. Mm-hmm. It's a cover. And it's mm-hmm. a great song. Yeah. But then at the very end, the very last line, like his eyes are closed, he's singing... But he stops, like he says, the whole like night through or whatever, but he stops in the middle of it and you see him like, his eyes open and he takes this giant breath and then finishes it out. And like, it can mean nothing to you. You can see that and it's like, oh, he just took a breath. But looking at it, and especially in hindsight now, I was going to say,
1: well, he dies like a few months yeah. later.
3: And so to know that he's not going to be here any much longer after that, to know all that, but you just look at that because it's one of those things. Same way, his eyes open up in a weird way that he kind of takes this deep breath, and it's almost like a moment of realization. It
1: is already a very haunting song. It is, yeah. and especially
3: the way it's done. It's like it's beautiful, but it's definitely very haunting. And just the way it finishes, it's like each person can see that and it can affect them differently and think differently of the thought of what does that big breath mean. Mm-hmm. But it's the same way as in, this, in Hamilton, where she takes the gasp or has that gasp it just hits you in a way that can be very emotion driven and it's very understandable that it would finally be like, okay, this is it. Let the tears flow.
0: Right. Like, totally oh my gosh. I
1: lost, I lost yeah. it. Clearly. I still can't talk about it. So, you
0: know, you're not over it while well, we're on the couch. Let's talk about it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. All right. Is it my turn? Yes.
0: Okay. I know you gotta go get your dog. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, um, I'm trying to remember some of these songs, like in the order that they appear. Um, The first one that kind of really stands out to me is just kind of a good, like, conglomerate of singers together is the story of tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, I may not live to see our glory, but I would gladly join the fight and when our children tell our story, they'll tell the story of tonight. And they're talking about raising their glasses for freedom is something that they can never take away. And I just, I love how the voices blend together. It's Mm -hmm. a simple Mm -hmm. song, but it's awesome. Um, after that, uh, the reprisal to that song is good as well, kind of as a, a, uh, like a way to joke at, you know, Hamilton getting married, you know, you, you know, say goodbye to freedom, you know, no matter what she says, um, you know, you're never free again. Um, and then that kind of leads into the mirroring of Burr and Hamilton where Hamilton's married and Burr is, you know, seeing a British officer's wife, oh crap. Um, so I kind of appreciate those two kind of as mirror images of each other, one about freedom in the revolution, one about personal freedoms at home and stuff like that. Um, I really like guns and ships. Um, you know, this is where Lafayette is kind of, he's talking about how he'll go back to France, get more guns, get more money, but he's telling him, um, Washington's like, hey, we need Hamilton here. Hamilton's been sidelined after the duel between Lawrence and Lee. Washington sends him home. Call me, son, one more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, go home, Alexander. That's an order from your commander. Um, but then he kept makes his comeback here with guns and ships. And that leads into um, the, um, the song after, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's um, where Washington, um, history has its eyes on you. That's the same mm-hmm. song. Where Washington tells him, look, I was younger than you are now. When I was given my first command, and I led my men into a massacre, and I still see it, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand that, you know, you have greatness in you. Just understand that history has its eyes on you. It's just a really good song. But then that leads into the Battle of Yorktown. So the, mm-hmm. the three song connection there, where. They're talking about how to take over, you know, how to trap the British. We need Hamilton. Washington gives Hamilton this pep talk from his own personal experience leading into this grand finale where you've got Lafayette and Hamilton kind of, you know, telling each other, we'll see you when we meet again. You know, Hamilton's, I'm not throwing away my shot. We're going to do this. Mm -hmm. Hercules Mulligan comes in, talks about his role in it. Mm -hmm. You know, knock me down. I'll get the F back up again. That's right. I mean, just fantastic. And then it kind of dies, you know, in uh, a deep, uh, what's the opposite of crescendo? Um, Decrescendo? Decrescendo, yeah. Uh, Where it kind of slows down. And -hmm. they talk about how, you know, after a week of fighting, we -hmm. stop as the young man waves the white handkerchief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the one line after that, Lauren saying, black and white soldiers wondering if this really means freedom. Not yet. Washington, not yet. Which is a nod to his role in keeping slavery alive there. Yes. Um, And then it builds back up. You know, we won, we won. Just that song pumps me up. Yeah. Um, so, like, but that three song combo, they have to be listened to together, and mm-hmm. you know, those—that's one of the things where you talk about listening to it on random. You gotta listen to those three songs in order sure. yeah, because they—they yeah. they tell the story. Yeah, when well, you do, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like, they get the. They History tell has
1: its eyes on you. Isn't one of my like top twenty songs? So I just listen to the Battle of Yorktown. I
0: feel like it's a connective thread. <laughs> it is though to um to those, um, dear Theodosia is one that I haven't really listened oh, to a, a lot of it's good. until it's my, so recently. It. It's so but good. But it is beautiful.
1: It is and
4: really
0: again, beautiful. And again, the mirroring of Burr and Hamilton. Right. The birth, uh, the birth of their children. Right. They talk about how when you smile, um, you know, I fell apart. You knocked me out. You know, mm-hmm. you're coming of age with our young nation. We're going to make it right for you. Right. Um, you know, it's just such a beautiful song that one day... When I have children, I like to sing a Mm -hmm. version of that song. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's gorgeous. Um, Nonstop literally is a nonstop song, but I just like all the the story it tells Mm -hmm. in there. Um, Going on to Act 2, I really love the introduction of Thomas Jefferson and What Did I Miss? Mm -hmm. You know, that really, you know, the music's okay, but it just really introduces the character through the music. He's a little flamboyant. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of cocky. You know, Madison's like, you know, I've been fighting for the South. Where have you been? Uh, France. <laughs> I mean... That was Ro- an
2: ad-lib also. Yes, ad-lib, fantastic. The and they kept it because it was
4: yes. so funny. Was um, like, oh, we got low France. battery on
0: the iPad. That's how long we've been going. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, I love The Room Where It Happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the Room Where It Happens is where Burr and um, Hamilton are just having this conversation about how Hamilton's going to get his debt plan through. And Hamilton realizes... The art of the compromise, right? You know, give them, you know, something they want. They want to put the nation's capital closer to home, somewhere right. near Virginia. Fine. They can have it. Yeah. Let me have my financial right. system. Right. Let me have the banks. And just, you know, it's a beautifully written song where, um, Hamilton or not Hamilton Burr is on the outside. Before you leave tonight, I need to show you an Among Us compilation of that song. Right. Um, you know, I know, yeah. yeah so because I think you'll appreciate. It. It's like two minutes. Um, but Burr's on the inside thinking, how do I get that? Where do I, you know? Right. And he's like, I want to be in the room where it happens, which leads to him getting in the conversation. The music's beautiful there. Um, fantastic. I think the harmonies on Washington on your side are the best yeah. harmonies in the entire musical. Right. Um, hearing Leslie Odom and David Diggs and mm-hmm. Oak mm-hmm. harmonize, it must be nice.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Gorgeous. Gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous. That was probably my first favorite song. Um, but there were more. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So that's you a great... You
1: can't just go through the soundtrack song by song. You yes. realize like you have to actually pick favorite. Mm-hmm. You did it with the cast, okay. but
0: you can't do it with yeah, a song. I <laughs> I I, I, I'm, I'm jumping from so- um, okay. not every single song. It's sorry. like, let me skip one out yeah. of the 45. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, there are several that I, I do end up skipping when listening to. Um, Hurricane mm-hmm. is the only solo song... In the entire, uh, well, not it's one of the only solo songs I know. Wait for it is uh, also a solo song, but it's uh, yeah. Hamilton's only solo song. Right, and it's just not that good to me. Yeah, not a lot I'm it. sorry. Um, so I do have some some songs that I don't like. Just uh, for that's the that's fair. Um, the 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 King songs are all fantastic, even if they do follow the same formula. They're all fantastic. Um, the election of 1800 is a mm-hmm. favorite of mm-hmm. mine for how it combines so many different elements of other songs. You know, it has the the, um, the line from Jefferson, every action has its equal opposite reaction. You know, that's kind of brought over from another song. It has like the, you know, the election of 1800, which is brought over from the Battle of Yorktown or mm-hmm. 1776 or, you know, whatever. Um, I like how it just combines so many elements from all these other songs and comprises them into this one song. Uh, Your Obedient Servant, is awesome to me. Yeah. The duet, the dueling, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to lay out a a, um, a challenge to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you owe me an apology and I'm like, uh, no, well, if we're going to do that, here's a list, itemized right. list of 30 years of disillusionment. Right. Human. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I love that and how it's just, you know, they're very serious and they end it. I have the honor to be your obedient servant. A.Berg, a. Mm-hmm. Um, It's just kind of like, you know, when you're in high school and you have those people who are just obviously really fake, like, Oh my gosh, I love your bracelet. Right. You know, there's just kind of that fake talk yes. and they're like, I have the honor to be your obedient servant. Right. <laughs> and just,
2: like, I love, I sarcastic. love that. Yeah. Um,
0: so uh, I'll stop there. I think I mentioned uh, like my current, all my current favorites there. Yeah. Um, and, and then some probably but yeah the music's just fantastic I probably did leave out one or two honestly but.
1: so do you guys just want to do one fun fact each since
0: yes. we're like yeah let's do one time. fun fact because we're coming up on two hours so
1: do you, are you married to like one of your fun facts or do you want to do the bullet
0: you do the bullet because I don't Please, have
1: because I have a really I have another really good one
0: share your two if you want to
1: okay Um. <laughs> so uh, and jump in so Ariana Du Bois plays the bullet yes okay um, and her role throughout the play is to sort to sort of be following Hamilton, whether as a bit character, um like in an ensemble, or literally as like she it literally looks like she's walking a bullet across the stage in the in the mm-hmm. duel at the end, but also in Stay Alive. She narrowly misses him. Uh-huh. Um, so she it's almost like death is stalking him throughout his life. Yep. But she also, um, sort of heralds death for other characters. So mm-hmm. in the Battle of Yorktown, she shakes John Lauren's hand and then his death is announced later mm-hmm. in, the, in the very next like scene. Um, and then she also plays the character who tells uh, Philip Hamilton where to go find George Eaker who he's looking for, mm-hmm. who eventually kills him in a duel. So she plays the bullet but in a sense she plays death in the play yes, and if you watch her move around it's great foreshadowing in in like a a character sense
0: that's one of those things where you catch it on rewatch yes and it's Mm -hmm. awesome like you can't unsee it once you hear it and then you rewatch it yeah what you got boss man
3: um I mentioned earlier just about how he how different characters almost remind me of different artists um and Miranda said that uh let's see he said and I built the score by dreamcasting my favorite artist that I always imagined George Washington is a mix between Common and John Legend, um, Hercules Mulligan is Buster Rhymes, yep. and Hamilton was modeled after my favorite um, polysyllabic rhyming heroes, Rakeem Big Pun, and Eminem, which actually makes sense. Yes, it does. So, all
0: right. So speaking on that, Hamilton songs sample rap music and it references rap songs as well as other musicals. Um, so as a show that has its roots in rap, it's not surprising that Lin-Manuel Miranda has peppered Hamilton. With rap references and samples, My Shot has elements of Mob Deep's Shook Ones Part Two, and a homage to Noctorious B.I.G's Going Back to Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, the song Ten Duel Commandments samples B.I.G.'s Ten Crack Commandments. Mm-hmm. The opening to Cabinet Battle number one references Jay-Z's Izzo and contains parts of the message by Grandmaster Flash. Meet me inside. Meet him inside. Mm-hmm. Meet him. Anyway. Contains elements of DMX's party up in here. Up in here. Mm-hmm. Cabinet Battle 2 references B.I.G.'s Juicy. And these themes and samples show up in other songs throughout Hamilton as well. Miranda also pays homage to Broadway shows too. He snatched a line from South Pacific for Burr. I'm with you, but the situation is fraught. You've got to be carefully taught in my shot. He makes reference to the song Modern Major General from Pirates of Penzance when Washington sings I'm the model of a modern major general, the venerated Virginian veteran whose men are all lining up to put me on a pedestal. In Right Hand Man. That's also referenced in uh, one of the episodes of Psych. Um, and puts parts of Nobody Needs to Know from the last five years in Say No to This. Miranda's lyrics are also packed with historical references. Uh, there's a few here. Many uh, are annotating the lyrics on Genius. Uh, Miranda himself has also weighed in there. Um, Miranda also wrote his own book of his annotated lyrics, which he tweeted are not what you'd find on Genius, just things in my brain and heart. So if you want to get some of those historical references? Um, there's plenty of websites to go find that, but um, definitely worth checking it out because, as someone who loves the Easter eggs, yes, those historical Easter eggs packed in this musical—that's already so good in presenting history—just mm-hmm. worth the time for sure.
1: Yeah. So, um, so my my last little thing, and I just I love it Your because bonus because I love yeah my bon- my little bonus fun fact um, because I think it's important to understand like. The that plays are just like movies, and that there is an entire like cadre of people that make sure that every little detail is like down Mm -hmm. to a science. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I thought this was really interesting. It's an article, um, from DC Metro Theater Arts section by, um, uh, like set designer Jay Duckworth, who worked on Hamilton, and he talks about getting the paper that Philippa so burns in the the song burn when she's burning Hamilton's letter getting the paper just right he said I went through a bunch of different paper weights and sizes until I found the one that burned for exactly two minutes and nine seconds the length needed for the song and then extinguished so that Eliza could exit in a blackout with the ash heavy enough not to rise out of the coal scuttle when she walks off but that would also have a maintained burn in the sense that, like, it would stick to the paper so that there wasn't any, um, like, possibility that it would it would burn or like catch fire to mm-hmm. Philip Asso, the yeah, actor playing absolutely. Eliza. So I just thought it was really interesting because he so like. Even the, down to like a two minute and nine second burning piece of paper he needed. Yeah. They he got went those, through this yeah. massive experiment of getting like the perfect paper that she could burn in that little lantern. That's I just awesome. thought that was really interesting.
0: I've got one last thing before we end. And it's it's a song that I forgot to include, but I think it's perfect to kind of end on this note. Um, it's, it's, always, it's been one of my favorite songs, and I can't believe I forgot about it until just now. One Last Time. Mm-hmm. Which is when Washington says, "I'm resigning as president," you know, and the reasoning behind it. Hamilton's like, "You, you know, you have to serve." The, you know, the whole point of this was for you to serve. And ha- uh, Washington's like, "No, I mean, what's the difference in me serving forever?" You know, that that's just like the king.
2: The king, right?
0: You know, if I step down now, the nation learns to move on. Right. It outlives me when I'm gone. Right. And the trying to do trying to think about like the idea that as president George Washington could have been in power for as long as he wanted to. Right. But knew it wasn't right. Right. Knew that he had to step down. Um and then they read his actual resignation letter as part of that song. Mm-hmm. Um It's beautiful. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: It embodies what America should be. That America doesn't belong to one person Mm -hmm. or a group group of people, but it belongs to everybody, and it should be treated that way. And I just, again, not trying to get into political talk, because that's not the point of this podcast.
1: But also vote.
0: But, (laughs) well, we'll get to that, too, before we leave. But... Having the self-worth of knowing that America is bigger than you,
4: mm-hmm.
0: reflected right. in that song, right. is something I wish right. we saw more of. And
1: reflected historically yes. in George Washington, in, yeah, in George
0: Washington, yes, and in many past leaders as Correct. well. That America, I am not bigger than America. Right. You know, America as a country and as a people group. Should be bigger than the person leading it because it should be a collective. Everyone puts their hands in um, to be a part of this. And mm-hmm. to see that reflected in the song is beautiful, something I wish we saw more of, and something I hope we will see again one day.
3: Mm-hmm. We're um, talking about everyone's input. So. Social media shout out. All right, jump in there, buddy. Love
1: it. Nice transition, yes. Kyle.
3: Joy Woods, right? Well, we posted today just kind of asked what your thoughts were, favorite songs, lines in the movie, uh, or play. George was right. said, I love that this is that this is history presented in a manner that makes you want to ask questions and do the research, see if it is accurate. George Washington's farewell address, the duel, the Reynolds pamphlet, Eliza and her legacy. Also, of the symbolism, the bullet, the character who is death, timing of character introduction. Okay, let's face it. I'm crazy excited for this week's podcast. I love Hamilton. Devon, <laughs> Jenny, Varnum says, talk less, smile more. Aaron Burr. Then Joy Woods Right says, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. Or what will you fall for? If you stand for and nothing, Bird, what will you fall and for? And then Devon, or just say like Jenny, came back and said, and when I meet Thomas Jefferson, I'll compel and include women, women in the, the sequel. Work. <laughs> she also says, powerful statement. Now I'm, in the, now I'm the villain in your history. I should have known the world was wide enough for Hamilton and me. Mm-hmm. Um, Joy was Right comes back and says, OMG, I'm obsessed. Love the music. Love the artistry of the production. Um, they sing at dance in costumes on a spinning stage and the nerd in me for the most part is it is historically accurate there are a few dates off but wow just wow by the way if you need shirt and masks to show your Hamilton love Granny's Bar and Inc you can hook you up shameless business plug yeah,
0: go to Sport Local
3: yeah. um, Jenny says can you imagine taking seven years to work on something uh, I'm talking about getting this together and also said immigrants we get the job done Hamilton and Lafayette Let's see, I feel like there was one more, let's go back, scroll, scroll, scroll.
1: Is this Facebook or also Facebook and Instagram? I'm on Facebook, if you want. Yeah, I was going to pop over to Instagram to make sure we don't have any. Might have some got some more likes. Nope, no comments. Okay,
3: I think. We're all together on that. They cool. combined them. So, yeah, that was it. Thank you guys for jumping in. Like I said, yeah. we're going to have, um, what was it? Doing, technically, this will be later and you've already been posted, but definitely go to our YouTube, check out the mm-hmm. carpool karaoke versions of us singing act one and act two. Mm-hmm. And in act
0: two, we get milkshakes. We
2: did. Yeah.
4: And, and so, we
0: even talk about the sushi we had tonight, too. Yep. It was delicious. It was delicious. So good. good call. Well, folks, we appreciate you joining us for tonight's episode of Hamilton. All two hours and, you know, ten plus minutes of it. Yes! Um, fantastic uh, time enjoying it, uh, talking about it. And we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And that you're as pumped for the rest of our journey into pop culture as we are. Big shout out to Ricky Loss for his contributions to this podcast. Next week, we're discussing how the Grinches stole Christmas. That's right. All three All the Grinch. Grinch movies, including the original TV special from the 1960s, the Jim Carrey version that came out in 2000, which is celebrating its 20th anniversary this year, and the one starring Benedict Cumberbatch, the animated one that came out in theaters two years ago, which is a personal favorite of mine as well. We'll be discussing the story of the Grinch, comparing the three movies, and ranking our favorites in order, and what? that's going to be fun because I feel like there could be some fistfights going on through that, so... But uh, we again. Think... I win every time. Every single time, yes, Ashby. <laughs> yes, Ashby. Anyway, so thank you for joining us. It is November second when this podcast comes out, what? which means November third is Election Day. But, Please but, go. But. Vote! Let
1: your voice be heard! It is
0: your civic duty to go vote, let your voice be heard, make a difference for our country. I don't care who you vote for, but please go vote yes. and take part in this. If we all vote, then we all have nothing to complain about whenever things go wrong. But if you sit on the
2: sidelines, that's right.
0: sorry, yeah. you, you threw away your shot. Do not throw away your shot! That's right! So, one last time, relax, have a drink with me. One last time, let's take a break tonight. And then we'll teach them how to say goodbye. Well, stay as cool as the other side of the pillow, and we'll see you next week on the One Podcast! What?
1: Say, some men say that I'm intense, or I'm insane. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration.